The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately. If you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture, then stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. What is going on my ghost squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast live. This is episode number 243. Today's date is Tuesday, May 24th. 2022 we are live as always on youtube and over on facebook so if you're out there in the live chat please say something we don't know that you're out there unless you do if you're new to the channel new to the chat god bless you uh i promise you we're going to try not to make you any dumber but there's no way in hell we're going to make you any smarter we just try to hold that line so if you're out there and you're new go ahead and let us know where you're from we'll try to pop that cherry for you real quick um if you want to call or text into the show yes you can call or text in the show Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates at Aegis Gun Care. That phone number is 530-364-4678. It is scrolling down below. If you are a veteran, really anybody, but especially if you're a veteran and you are in that hole, you're in the darkness, and you're searching for that light, you're hell, you're probably questioning whether there is a light. Call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical advice, but I sure as hell can be a pretty decent ear to listen to. If you are looking for someone that can get you towards some medical advice, please remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are able and willing to help. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please, I implore you, utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255 veterans press the number one we are spotlighting as always united states marine corps if you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title united states marine see the website marines.com and as always we are a proud member of the self-defense radio network please check out all the great pro gun pro 2a podcasts on selfdefenseradio.net let me get this off of my ugly mug and bring in our guest tonight. We're going to have a fun conversation. Um, we're going to get some stuff out of the way before we start the actual conversation, but we do have some fun people join us tonight all the way from Montana. I think that is called the Big Sky area. Big Sky. We got the Rogue Banks. Big What's up, country. homie? Yeah, there you go. Big Sky country. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's great to be back. I mean, it's been it's been a little while since I've been able to jump on and it it's uh it's good to be seen again and well and yeah, no i was not abducted well it would have been a much better story if you were i'll just say it it much would better. yeah it would <laughs> we'll see we'll see um we've got a, a special guest with us tonight um i think it is it the first time or is it the second i can't remember is the first or second time you've been on the podcast i think it's the first time um he was we we're gonna try to get him on last week he is in law enforcement. He got the call. He had to go work. We're going to let him slide this time, um, but I'm glad he could join us. Uh, we got Diesel here with us tonight. What's going on, man? Hey, man. How's it going? I appreciate you having me. Since I stood you up last time, I'd let you get lucky this time <laughs> for the first date, okay? You'll get it's lucky. It's okay. You know, hey, I'm all in. Let's do this. Uh, I want to give you a few minutes for our audience that may not know 
much about you. Uh, if you, I'm gonna give you a few minutes to talk about your background, your channel, what you're what you're doing in this community, which is a lot of really awesome things. But I want you to kind of give a few minutes for them to be able to learn about you as well. Okay. Uh, hey guys, I'm Diesel TV. I have about uh, I'm going on right at 20 years of law enforcement experience. I just started my new job as the chief of police of a police department here. So that's when he said when I got the call, one of my some of my officers had called me about something that happened last week. That's why I couldn't make it in. But um, I have my YouTube channel, Diesel TV. Um, you know, I do a lot of gun reviews, gun stuff on there. I also have a few, you know, ride along stuff pertaining to law enforcement, things of that sort on there. So just check me out. I appreciate you having oh, me, Ghost. Absolutely, bro. Um, the ride-along stuff, that sounds interesting. Right. Um, you know, I've, I've had an opportunity to ride along with our, my sheriff. He's a good friend of mine. Um, but what is that? Do you get nervous? Is it is it more nerve-wracking having a ride-along because now you're responsible for a civilian as well? Or how does well, that work? No. Well, so the ride, my ride-along videos is basically... I put cameras in my car and you see what's going oh, on. Oh, okay. Nobody okay. else so is in the car. riding with you. I got right. you. Yeah. No, yeah. Gotcha. So it's just, I, it's just, I let people come on my shift and see certain things that I have going on. Now, you don't see everything. You know, I have to blur out a lot of the tags and, you know, faces sure. and stuff like that. But it's almost like a, it's almost like a cops episode. Just, I don't have a cameraman there with me taking the camera. So you, the, the cameras stay inside the car and you have the view from inside the car. And I'll come That's back and awesome. explain exactly what happened. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if, if, if people know where you're from, I don't know. I'm not going to say where you're from. That's up to you. If you want to say that or not, yeah, um, but where you are, um, obviously it's in the South, um, guns are prevalent in your state for the most part. Right. When you are in a traffic situation and, and, and over your years and you pull someone over, uh, first of all, is the law, do they, are they required to let you notify you if they're carrying and if so, how does that go? But if not, do you prefer people to notify you that you're care that they're carrying in the car, or what's that process like? Well, the law here, in, I am in North Carolina. The law here in North Carolina, if you carry concealed, you have to have a concealed carry permit. If you mm -hmm. carry open carry, they have an open carry. You, you can carry open carry, but if you get stopped, you have to put that gun on the dashboard to where it's not concealed, and the officer can see it. Okay. If you're carrying concealed also, you have to, by law, let the officer know that you do have a concealed carry permit and you are carrying concealed. Um, yeah. And I do prefer it. Uh, you know, usually the people that tell you are the ones that's not trying to hide anything. And it just makes you feel right. a lot more comfortable when somebody tells you, look, I have a gun on me. It's right here. I'm not going to reach for it. Keep my hands right, right. here. And, and, you know, it's not my obligation to get that gun and run numbers or anything like that, but it is the law for you to tell me. So that that's, that's yep. basically what it comes down. We don't have that law of notify. We don't have the, 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 the burden of notifying here, right. uh, but I do all the time. I don't get pulled over very often, but every time I do, I say I have my license and my concealed carry permit with it. And I say, I am licensed to carry, I am carrying and it's on my hip or it's wherever. Right. And we'll say very well, just, you know, keep your hands away. Hey, not a problem. And, and it's never been an issue ever, but I didn't know, you know, in different States, you always kind of it's different, man. You, know, you only want to hear what that is sometimes. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Absolutely. Sounds like we're going to get more into all that stuff as well, but I want to bring in the quasi co-host the, and by the way, folks that are new to the channel, that is not an avatar of Clover. That's really That's him. Really him. He will not blink for the next hour or hour and a half. He, That's he's leprechauns really are that cool. So, uh, from the great state of Texas, the tactical virus, I mean, uh, leprechaun himself. What's up, Plo? Hey, man. So, you know, I don't, I don't, 
here in Texas, we don't have a, whatever, a duty to tell them either. Mm -hmm. Um, and I will hand them my, uh, license to carry. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't verbally tell them. Um, and one of the reasons I don't, I choose to not verbally tell them is some rookie hot shot or whatever that may be on the opposite side of the vehicle or whatever. And all they hear is gun, right? I'll hand it to the officer at the, you know, at the window, he sees it. Obviously if I'm handing him that, he knows. And if he wants to ask from there, then I let, I let him dictate the, the way it goes. But I, I had a question. You said you rode along with Chris. I rode along with a lot of the sheriff's deputies and local PD and stuff here. Uh, never done any recording or anything. Just rode along because it's, it's interesting to see what they it do is. on a day-to-day basis. I've, I've always had a fascination. I respect law enforcement and what they do. I've had family in law enforcement. I wanted to be a JP, as you know, and work with law enforcement in the judicial capacity, not the streets and deal with all the hoodlums and all the other craziness. But it is fun to ride along sometimes and see what they do. My question is here, because of insurance policy and stuff, it's crazy. They won't let you carry when you ride along. Even if you have a license to carry, they they won't let you carry. But they're real quick to tell you where the shotguns and all are at. And the extra. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Just in case. Yeah, they're like, now you know hey, that one. If something happens, press this button. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, this yeah. is the latch for the shotgun to get the yeah. shotgun out. They make oh, sure yeah. you know darn well how to get that stuff out. So oh, yeah. That never came up with me, but I will say he's like, if anything should happen, do not get out of the car, you know, um, unless right. you feel like they start attacking the car. He was like, yeah, stay in the car. We'll take care of it. So that might be. But right. you rode with the sheriff, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's different. You're riding with the command staff. They're going to tell right. you that. I've yeah. been on both sides. Yeah. I, I, and I yeah. tell them that now. But before, that yeah. was not what I used to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I used, you know what, truthfully speaking, and I hope, well, shoot, I'm the chief. Um, what I used to say was uh, uh, bring your gun. And don't let yeah. anybody see it. That's what I used to say. I mean, I used yeah. to tell guys that rode along with yeah. me because they would ask me when they got there, and and on the on the 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 um, sheet you sign, it does say you know you're not supposed to carry this, this and that. Um, but if I knew I had a ride along and it was somebody that I knew that was going through BLET or that's something, a whole, yeah, that's a whole di- yeah, absolutely. I would, I would, yeah. yeah, I would. I would sometimes I'd bring my own gun and say, hey, hey you, you carry this, you know, this ain't right, a down, right. ain't going nothing down. But if yeah. something happens, you better use it. Well, I've yeah. walked up, and it's, it's one of the one of the blessings of, of getting to know your local law enforcement, right? And, I mean, I did a lot of IT work over the years for them and everything else, but I would walk up in there open carrying, and, and mm-hmm. like, as long as I wasn't going back into the secure areas, you know, like right. the jail or whatever, which I don't have any reason to go back there anyway, nobody cared. As long as I was going into the offices and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, the secretarial's offices and whatever, and what, they did not care that I was carrying one bit. It did not hurt their feelings. I think... I think a lot of that there's there's several factors. Same way here, um, but we're in areas, small counties, small towns in the south that everyone kind of knows each other. Um, I also am, am friends with good friends with the sheriffs. They know me around there. Uh, they probably know you as well, Chris. But I think a lot of it comes down to do they know you and they trust you and all of that. It might be something to be different if you're in a big city and they don't know who you are and the guy walks in open carry and they're like, whoa, be like oh, that's just Clover, that's just Chris. You know, he's he's good to go. I mean, no, yeah, be, absolutely. Variables that probably that play into that as well. Happened yeah. to me. That happened to me not too long ago when I first became the chief at my department. Uh, one of the county employees they had to rent a U-Haul truck, so they were coming and getting some voting equipment out of my, my, out of our, um, our town hall. And he was open carrying 
And I didn't know if they were contract workers or what. And I'm like, right. hey, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Like, you know, me and him got into it. He's like, I'm a county employee. I don't care who you are. You're not a police yeah. officer. And like, they had yeah. to walk through the police department part to get the equipment. And I, and I was telling them like, I mean, it would have been better for him to come to me and say, hey, I'm a county employee. This is who I am. I'm gonna have my gun on me instead of just showing up out of nowhere and I not know who he is and then getting mad because you're breaking the law, you know? So. Right. <laughs> yeah. exactly. You see, for, yeah. for us here in Montana, when we pass the permitless carry, if you have a concealed carry permit, you're allowed to carry inside of state and uh, county and local buildings. They can't stop you. If oh, you wow. if you have your concealed carry permit, you carry concealed. I mean, I just went down to our um, our city county building to pay the uh, taxes on the house last week. It was so funny because they had the old um, no gun sticker up there. And it's like mm -hmm. no firearms. And they, they printed another sticker and it says no open, open carry firearms. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like we, we can't I open like carry inside that, but we can conceal carry. Um, nice. So for us, we can walk right into the sheriff's office. I mean, you can walk right into the governor's office concealed carrying a, a firearm. You get a fast track uh, here in in Texas if you have the LTC. When you go down to the to Austin, you literally go through a completely different door if you have an LTC. You don't even oh, go yeah? through the, the regular security nice. line. Yeah, it's like fast track to get in. Yep. So how hard is it to get your concealed carry? Nothing. It's a stupid six-hour little course and, you know, basically yeah. a blind man. No offense to anybody out there, nothing barbecue, you know, uh, Patriot <laughs> in the Dark, whoever. But literally a blind man could pass the, the shooting portion. So it's really, it's really rinky-dink. It really is. Yeah. And it should be, and it should be. It shouldn't be prohibited at all. That's I mean, the whole point is, yeah. is, is our, our shooting test in Arkansas – is there is no standard test your instructor goes to range you shoot a few shots if he feels that you're safe yeah it's a, it's you're a shell issue for me good. i feel i feel it's more about the background check is how i feel right. about exactly it, about but see the, the, the thing we have to do here is an eight-hour class with a shooting course and you have to pass that mm -hmm. shooting course with the test and all that stuff and only problem yeah. i have with the test is it makes people feel like they're better shooters than they really are you know, because you're going from five That's to six true. six yards, and now you pass with a 100. Now you feel like you can take anybody on in the gun battle. And, yeah. it, 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 and it just gives people false that false impression that they can really actually defend themselves. Yeah, we do. We do yeah. three, seven, and 15 yards. It's a 50-round course of fire. I don't remember exactly wow. how it's broken down. But it's three, seven, and 15. Not very many shots at 15, but there is right. 15. Um, and that's, that's actually FBI qualification. We use the same not, one. That's what they base it off of. And yeah. if you're not familiar with how close three yards is, you could literally almost, depending on touch how long your arms are, yeah. touch the target yeah, with yeah. your, you know. Yeah. Um, so, like, and the majority of the rounds are that close, right? But if you, you talk about a full-size silhouette in the colored area, right, the silhouette, you don't even, mm -hmm. you don't have to center mass. If, if, if all of your shots hit the color, you more than pass, not barely pass. You right. more than pass. So you right. could get it in the arm, the shoulder, whatever, every single shot, and still pass with flying colors. In, in Arkansas, we have the the that was the five, seven, and fifteen yard shots. There's only five shots at the fifteen yards. Yeah, that may be right. You have to pass with forty in the sil forty of fifty in the silhouette. So you're taking forty five shots at the five and seven. 
Like if you hit all those, you've already passed before you even get to the 15 yard. You can, yeah, you um, can on yeah. ours, on ours, if you put them all in the center two rings, like the 10 and the nine on three, and how could you not at three yards? I mean, right, seriously. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you put them all in there, that's enough points that you don't even have to shoot the rest of it and you pass, basically. Right. Yeah. Got our, yeah. You guys are strict on yours. I mean, ours is you basically well, show up. For hours, for hours, it's basically you show up. But I, now I have what they call the enhanced license in Arkansas. Now we're a constitutional carry, but you also have permits. But the enhanced allows you to carry – I um, mean, you know, on government property and stuff like it increases, but you had to do for that. You had to do that 50 round course of fire for the regular one. Like I said, you go out to the range for a few minutes, you take a few shots. And if the guy thinks you're safe, like you put, he puts up like a big paper plate at three yards. And if you're anywhere near it, it's like, if, you, if you're not missing the target, yeah. then you're like safe with your firearm. You're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. See, see here, we don't even have the enhanced. Um, all we have is just, we have permits still, if you have the permit, you can carry mm -hmm. in, in the government buildings. Um, if you can hit that, it, it's our our standard is the is an NRA approved course. If you take an okay. NRA approved course, you're good. If you have your hunter safety card from when you took it back when you were 14, you're good. If you yeah. have a 4473, you're good. There you go. Okay. Um, so for Arkansas, what happened is, is about 10 years ago is when they had a real big push for constitutional carry and it got turned down, which is odd because I'll tell people this, Arkansas is only second behind Alaska for gun owners per capita. Um, even the Democrats in Arkansas have guns. That's just the way it is. Um, anyone that even tries to put out anti-gun legislation, they're not getting reelected period in of sentence. Um, but they turned down constitutional carry back about 10 years ago. So it was brilliant. Um, a few years after that, they decided, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to drop, cut the fees in half for con con whether it's renewal or new, we're going to cut them in half, make it to where it doesn't even, it's not even a monetary thing. We're not even making money on this thing. So that was the first step. Then two years later, which we have uh, every other year is our legislative uh, session. So two years later, they go and create this enhanced thing. Once again, it's incrementally cutting down the crap about concealed carry permits. So we're going to cut it in half. We're going to let you have this enhanced. And if you get it, it's there for life. Like you never have to retest for the enhanced. It's there for life. As long as your CCW is valid. It costs you $10 for the enhance, and it's good for life. So then they said, okay, we got this. We got this. And they finally came in in 20, what was it, 2019, and brought constitutional carry up. Not a problem. Awesome. It passed. So awesome. instead, instead of keep fighting the fight of constitutional carry, let's make it to where at that point they said, look, we've already cut the prices in half. We're not making any money off of it. So it's not like that's the reason. We've given them an enhanced thing. If they want to keep their permit, they can. But at this point, why? And so it passed. So what, um, it's great. You know, sometimes you have to give it to them in pieces uh, instead of yeah. making them swallow the whole thing. Yeah. That's what she said. Yeah. But, uh, you know, she did say that. That's how they did it to us. I mean, all the regulations and the BS we have to deal with, they didn't do it all at once. They've done it over the last 100 years. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm seeing is I think we took finally we took a, 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 a game plan from the Democrats. That's how they a death by a thousand cuts. 
Yeah. Well, we brought it to them and said, death by a thousand cuts. At this point, there are no more cuts. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Let's do this. So it is what it is. Uh, I want to say hi to everybody out there. Um, is there a super carry license for gun guys? Uh, only if you're using the 30 super carry. That's the only way you can get it. You have to only, only use 30 super carry. Just saying. Um, that's how you get that license. Uh, Illinois is 16 hours. Wait. Uh, Honcho yes. says, wait, you use live bullets? No, we use dead bullets. Um, they died in a horrible, horrible accident. Um, so they're of, you know, they're nine millimeters. So as most people know, nine millimeter won't even punch through a piece of paper. So they're basically BBs. Let's be honest. So yeah. Airsoft. Airsoft. Love yeah, them. absolutely. Love <laughs> absolutely. Um, before we jump into the conversations, you guys know we have our, our, our polls that we do every Thursday, Saturday and Monday at 10 a.m. over on our YouTube community tab. We have some fun. And we always go through them real quick. So let's go through the first one, which was last Thursday. It's got 1.6 thousand votes. Um, favorite 80s movie. Now, is this because there's a couple movie slash shows coming up in the next week that are highly anticipated? But uh, the, you know, here are your choices. Breakfast Club, Top Gun, Empire Strikes Back, and Lethal Weapon or other. So let's run through the room. Ro, do you have... You don't even have to pick those movies what is your favorite 80s movies if you could choose one war games war games was that the um matthew broderick one one? yeah yeah that's the one where they uh almost the computer, started nuclear the computer war. takes over yeah okay yep. yeah yeah i remember that i was yeah i remember that diesel what Sorry, about you do you have I'm a computer guy movie? so that's Man, true. I was I was born in the eighties. Um, let me see. Uh, out, out of those, I'd probably have to pick Lethal Weapon. Yeah, that was okay. That was my now, favorite. what is your favorite eighties? If you had to choose just your your favorite eighties movie, probably another forty. Uh, uh, what is it? Another forty eight hours. Another forty eight hours. Oh, I almost forty eight hours or Beverly Hills Cop on there because I'm a yes. huge Eddie Murphy fan. God, I almost too, did that. Um, man, yeah, yeah. those are great. Trading Places, great movie. Oh, yeah. 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 Basically, anything with 80s, Eddie Murphy was pretty, oh, yeah. pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. Pretty amazing, yeah. Uh, Clove, what about you? Uh, from the list and then all-time favorite 80s movie. Uh, from the list, I mean, I go Top Gun. Uh, when you think about Top Gun, I mean, man, look at the actors that went on to, to, to really blow up and do amazing things. Look at the older actors, right? Yeah. Tom Skerritt and some of the other ones that – you know, we're already well established, but I mean, it like relaunched careers. Um, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was crazy. Um, you know, Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Pesci, people forget Joe Pesci's been around, but Joe Pesci's first thing I remember him in was in the Lethal Weapon movie. Yeah, Leon Getz. I was like, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure he'd yeah. been around for a while, but I didn't know who he was. And then Goodfellas comes out, and you're like, ah, oh, I get it. I get yeah. it. Well, there's yeah. so many. There's the Untouchables. I mean, you think about all the. Yeah. It's just the, the Back to the Future movies. I mean, the eight, yeah, yeah. I mean, eighties, yeah. eighties, yeah. and I would say even like up to about ninety-five. There was just some movies that were just we unbelievable forgot, movies. We forgot the best Christmas movie of all time, Die Hard. <sighs> okay, Here, don't start. Please don't start this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 we're, we're, he he knows he's just stirring up he's trouble. Stirring the, I'm trying. He's I'm trying. Bowl, man. I swear. <laughs> 
There's just so many though. It's like you, you know, I, I answered that because I mean, out of yeah, the list I mean, for me, I mean, if you look at the actors and just for the time and, and that uh, Bruckheimer Simpson was yeah. just it in the eighties days of thunder. I mean, think about it. Days right? of thunder, oh, man. Days and, of thunder. And, uh, days of thunder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, you know, they were just on point with their stuff. They really were the soundtrack to top gun. There's just so many things that make that, that movie amazing. Um, but then, you know, I'm like, coming out Fridays, you guys know. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Somebody out there says Ghostbusters. But yeah, yeah Ghost- I fell down the sure. I fell down the rabbit hole of, of looking at 80s films. And I was like, holy moly, that was a great decade for movies. Oh, yeah. Was Friday, yeah. was that 90s or was 90s. that? Yeah. Okay, I can't remember if it was like 89 or if it was uh, Friday. I was going to say Friday because that was the one. I was a huge NWA fan. I remember that came out. I went to go watch it because it was Ice Cube, and I didn't care if the movie was good or not. It ended up right. being a phenomenal movie. Um, but we're talking about Chris Tucker. We're talking about Cuba Gooding Jr. That started their careers. I mean, oh, you're talking yeah. about these movies that we never would have seen Cuba Gooding Jr. We never would have seen, um, not, not Cuba Gooding Jr., but uh, to Chris Tucker. I think Boys in the Hood was Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba, yeah, yeah, Boys in the Hood was Cuba Boys in the Hood. Another great movie, yeah. 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 Chris Tucker, you I mean, would he have done any of the movies without Friday? I don't know if he would have because that was a great role. Yeah, it's great movies. That whole era, then you've I mean, you've got John Hughes went through a streak there with Breakfast Club and all of those pretties and pink. They might not be your gig, but when a lot of people think 80s movies, they go to one of the five or six John Hughes movies that were like Oh yeah, that's that is eighties. I want to say the one, another one. Um, people forget this one. This was one of my favorite. Uh, was Young Guns. I love Young Guns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that had a great cast as well. But uh, my favorite, my favorite Christmas eighties movie was Home Alone. Home Alone. Got, yeah. So, like, I mean, now yeah, is Christmas Vacation eighties or nineties? It's nineties. 90s okay so that's the greatest christmas movie ever but yeah home alone we actually watched the home alone this year and i have i hadn't seen it for a long time and i forgot how whole come on joe pesci but that movie was (laughs) hilarious it really was um let's see here you're talking about oh iron eagle pat brings up iron eagle sure I think Iron Eagle was a poor man's uh, Top Gun, but it was still pretty good. Still pretty right. good. Um, but yeah, a when lot was of great. Tombstone movies. was that 80s or 90s? <laughs> Tombstone was like 1994. Why do I know that? Because the night before boot camp graduation in 1994, our drill instructors brought in a TV and brought in Tombstone, and we watched it. That's one of my favorite like, one of my favorite oh yeah yeah that's a great one to me and we these guys know this i talked about this how val kilmer's doc holiday oh god it did is, not yeah. get an oscar yeah, it is, is truly amazing. one of the greatest roles ever yes that's why i love that movie just because of yeah. that one character and he it he was fun and he didn't even get nominated for an oscar crazy, that's what's man. sad that's what's sad. Uh, now they're saying regular vacation, the original vacation. That was a great one too. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, yep. Goonies. I forget. Yeah, Goonies. Goonies full yeah, Metal Jacket. Yeah. They're bringing them all out. Right. Yeah, yeah. Gremlins. Right. Yeah, Gremlins. Gremlins. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a good another, Christmas movie. Right another there. another Christmas movie. Is what <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. 
that's a great one yeah predator yep sure absolutely wow um, anyways so right now the poll like i said 1.6 thousand votes empire strikes back wins it with 37 percent um that's definitely my favorite star wars movie for sure yep. uh now my wife my wife is listening in the other room she texts into the show too many great movies but you forgot your favorite dead poet society oh yeah fantastic call uh one of the best that was to me the my favorite robin williams because that was the first time i ever saw him like be serious and he was amazing and i didn't know that he was a juilliard trained classical trained actor i just knew him as mork or you know the funny movies he did you see dead poets society like oh snap this guy's got a lot of talent in him so yeah see, that uh, was filmed sure, right dead down poets the road from my high school oh was it really yeah it was uh it was filmed in newcastle delaware and um middletown delaware the school was actually middletown delaware that's actually a school that's there um so yeah we yeah we we know we we know that that movie really well yeah jeff over your report says i missed the question but the answer is blue lagoon that's fair <laughs> that's fair weird science great one. Oh, oh, weird yeah. oh great yeah. flick oh yeah oh, man. <laughs> what a great movie Whoa, that was <laughs> a terrifically oh, yeah. terrible movie yeah and you had i don't even I, there's only one there's only a few parts i remember that movie because i was only like I was born in 82 so yeah but you <laughs> but the fact that you actually remember parts of that movie tells uh, you yeah because uh <laughs> there were things Big, in that movie there, i would lo I there love certain, to see. there are certain things in that movie that made us all feel good right. uh, bill, uh, <laughs> bill bill paxton you know in that movie it's like bill, who, paxton who is, bill paxton i mean he's got was he in that movie? On, right yeah he was <laughs> his whole older brother he was uh, the older Big brother yeah yeah yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Go if you ever go watch, you can do like, damn, that is Bill Pax. I didn't yeah. know that for a long time. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Now, Animal House, I think, was 70s. I'm, not, I'm mistaken. I believe that was late 70s because Belushi was dead before 80, I think. I'm not sure about that, but I thought he died in 82. Um, okay. Well, Animal House might have been in the 80s, but I thought it was a I always look at that as a 70s movie. Great movie, but I I always remember that as a 70s movie. I might be wrong about that. Yeah, anyway, up, so they're bringing up the nerds and porkies, and I'll also throw in meatballs. Was and, a good, yeah, Revenge of the Nerds is all, yeah, there was all, like I said, that whole that was a great time. Caddyshack, we're all gonna be partial to that because we're all about roughly the same age, so yeah. that's that's when we grew up. So right. you asked my daughter, it's gonna be 90s movies and early 2000 movies, so it's like, ah, whatever, yeah. Uh, and second place, no, oh, go ahead, I will no, say ahead. this the, the 80s prepared me for the the early 2000 movies of the you know transformers you see it in cartoons when the 80s yeah. and then you see the real yeah. live movie it was right. just so surreal for me to see those real yeah. life gi joes and transformers absolutely so it, it kind of well, prepared me for that time. and seeing you know when i grew up when i thought of batman i thought of michael keaton right and it was more yeah. more about the bruce wayne side of things than the dark knight Right. And then the whole Christian Bale and all those can be like, oh snap! Like, and I like the dark side of movies and and the Christian that, like you said, the DC and the Marvel when they came to real life, you're like, oh, because I'm not a comic book guy. I've never read a comic book, but I but I see these movies. I'm like, oh snap! Like these are badass movies, you know. And uh, J Dub, I love you, bro. I'm just gonna say this: yeah, just stop. 
Just stop. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, so Breakfast Club is is a good one. But that so Empire Strikes Back tied at thirty seven, first at thirty seven percent, tied for second at twenty two percent. Top Gun and Lethal Weapon, and third and fourth place at twelve percent is Breakfast Club, and then Other uh, was seven percent and. Of those 50 comments on the other, the vast majority, no surprise, was Red Dawn. Uh, Red Dawn is a is a great, the original Red Dawn is a great movie. Um, once again, I only have four spots, so that's why I put an other, because there's no way to put the best. So I, I, what I went down was the, 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 the top grossing movies, and those were the grossing movies and all of that, so... Uh, I, have, I apologize if I offended you by leaving your movie off, but I don't have 27 spots, so that's that one. Uh, the second poll question has got 1.5 thousand votes of these. So, Diesel, we always had to bring food into our chats. There's, just, okay. there's no way to go without talking food. Right. Um, of these, what's your favorite? Cake, brownies, pie, or cookies? And I'll start with you, Diesel. Of those, if you could only have one of those sweets, what one would it be? Um, it's tough. I would probably go with uh, probably go with cake. Cake is just so versatile. You, there's so many different cakes. I mean, and then yep. the icing. My fat boy is coming out. So okay. So, so are you a a cream cheese? Are you a buttercream? Are you a whipped icing guy? Which one do you like the most? I'm more of a, probably a whipped. I like I like okay. the light icing, not too sweet. You sure, know. yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I get it. Spread on something, you know, and lick it off or something like that. You know. There you go. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Clover, what about you? Of those, what's your favorite? Favorite? Um, man, not to not to copy the rock, but I like pie. Okay, we're talking. We're talking food. Oh, oh, you're, oh, you're talking food too. Okay, my bad. My bad. <laughs> I do agree with Diesel that cake is probably the, the most versatile. A lot of you know, a lot of more you know, more options and things like that. But I don't know. I'm more of a pie guy. There you go. Uh, J Dub says special brownies. You you should have been in our pre chat. We were talking about right. something like that uh, pre chat. So yeah. Jacob says, why do I say 1.5 thousand instead of 1,500? Bro, two things. One, I'm not very smart. I eat crayons. So let's just get that out of the way. I'm not very smart. And two, I'm like Ron Burgundy. I read what's on the screen. And on my screen, it doesn't say 1,500 votes. It says 1.5K votes. So I'm literally reading it from the screen. I'm not smart enough to comprehend 1,500. Just kidding. Uh, I don't know why I say it. I just do. Um, who knows? Um, whatever. Uh, uh, Rogue, what about you? What's your favorite? Well, since I've already had dinner and I've already had my dessert and my dessert was cake. So you're going to go with cake, cake, I guess. Okay. Now, Jeff says cake's a waste of time without ice cream. I don't, I disagree with that. I I, I think cake is a very good standalone. Um, Brownies are a good standalone. Brownies are my favorite, but the best is brown, warm brownies with vanilla ice cream. Oh, snap. Look at that. Oh, but uh, warm brownies out of the oven with, with vanilla ice cream is unbelievable. But I think cake is good enough to stand alone on its own. See, here's, here's the thing, because I love brownies. 
but I either have to eat them with ice cream and or with milk. So um, I can take know, cake just by itself, especially when it comes straight out yeah. of the oven. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. yeah. Now I know Clover, you've been baking a bunch of pies and cakes in the last few months. So, um, yeah. What's your favorite cake that you've been making lately? My, my strawberry, hands down. Strawberry. Hands now, what down. kind of icing do you have on there? It's homemade. It's a it's a very uh, sugary, um, almost like a almost like a I guess almost like a buttercream, you could say. But it's a it's a homemade icing. So. There's nice. several different. And you're components. making that yourself, Clover? Oh yeah, yeah. It's always it's all scratch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my, he's my he's been the last, last year, so he's been really into the baking stuff and all. Yeah, that. my grandmother passed away many, a few many years pies and all that. And we used to always eat Sunday dinner at my grandmother's house, right? And uh, always had pies and cakes and all that. And anytime there was a church function or a get together, I mean, she always spent three days baking, basically, and. Um, she passed away and it's like all that crap's gone. It's like, well, where's her recipes? I, I got this. Let's figure this out. But you know, what's crazy, um, is old school language like oleos. Anybody know what oleo is? Don't, don't shout it out. But I had no clue. I was reading the recipes and she was like yeah. a half a cup of oleo. And I'm like, what is the crap is oleo? Olive, and, and uh, olive oil butter. Or Basically it's butter. Oleo is, is margarine. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is that and, is, uh, is over like a brand or something? What's up, G? I don't know. I don't know. But, but it, there the was a, there was a lot of stuff like one. that, and she would say a scoop of this or or a, a jar of that, and it's like they hadn't made those jars in twenty years. <laughs> it's like you know, <laughs> it's a scientific process trying to decipher and get the get the recipes right. It's been it's been now, crazy. Now it's been Gary fun. knows it, but Gary's also eighty seven years old, so that's right in his demographic. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I think what it is is the name of that product is oleo margarine, and everybody got sick of saying that, ah, so they would say so oleo, and then people were like sick of saying that probably. And I think yeah. one of the companies branded it as margarine, and then everybody just called it. And then, anyway, I think it just came from the actual name. I can't believe this is not butter type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing uh, like an old school recipe, not that new new school stuff. Old school is always where it's at, man. Well, that's that is, the, you get a piece of cake that melts in the sun. That is just awesome. <laughs> yes. just the thing is, awesome. when I think old school, I'm thinking like my grandma's grandma, maybe where it would have been like lard or something. Lard. Yes, and yeah. Yeah. My yeah. grandma would have been saying oleo because like oleo margarine was like World War II high tech fancy food, you know, because that was right. like the beginning of all this, you know, all the all, everything, the branding and the restaurant chains yep. and all the packaged food all that stuff came out so that generation thought like we just reinvented food all these all the old people are just drinking you know growing stuff and eating regular food all our stuff comes from cans and bottles and jars and you know I mean so yeah yep yeah so of of those g cake brownies pie and cookies i think i know where you're gonna go with this but what's your favorite of those four I thought this was something about our first gun. So cake and what? Oh, we haven't gotten there yet. Probably cake, we whatever it is, cake wins out of that. Okay, I always thought you'd be like a pie guy. Like an oh, apple no. pie. Okay. Pies are fake. Fake pies are just a way to eat fruit or make you eat fruit. <laughs> <and> <laughs> <pies are> fake. <laughs> he said they're fake. Uh, mine are brownies, obviously. Uh, and you know what? Thirty-one percent of the the crowd agrees with me. I'm, I'm you know, I'm leading with thirty-one percent as brownies. Pie, twenty-eight percent. 
cookies 25% and cake coming in last at 17%. They don't know what they're talking about. For me, it was hard to choose between cake and brownies. I never would have thought cake comes in last. Never would have thought that. Let's, they were let's, probably eating cake let's be honest. Let's be honest, brownies, though. Let's be honest. Brownies really uh, just cake. So the correct answer. The correct answer is all of the above, right? Okay, well, I can go with that. Sure. A piece of pie with a brownie and a piece yes, of cake. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. That has all of them, right? That's right. Ooh, that, that could be dangerous. All right. Um, going in, our last poll is kind of going into tonight's topic. Um, it was put out yesterday. It's got one. Okay, 1,800 votes all for, for Jacob out there. It's got 1,800 <laughs> votes. Uh, for all you people out there, that's 1.8 thousand votes, but we'll say 1,800 votes make Jacob happy. I like Jacob. What was your first gun you bought? Was it a semi-auto pistol, a shotgun, revolver, AR, or a rifle? And I was going to put rifle like lever slash bolt because I didn't, but I don't have enough, so I just put rifle. Uh, G, I want to start with you. Now that we're talking about the first one you bought, not maybe not your first gun that you've had growing up, but the first one that you you bought yourself. Do you remember the first gun you bought, G? You must be walking the dog. I'll go to Clover. Clover, uh, first gun oh, you sorry, bought. I couldn't find my oh, mute. Clover. Oh, that's all good. Um, yeah, I definitely remember the first one. I was 18 years old, and I woke up that morning and went and bought my first shotgun, 870. Still got it. But it wasn't the first gun. I mean, that was the first one. No, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that was what I was saying. The first one you bought for you and, and, and all of that, that you went down and there. I was, I was 18. I woke up that morning knowing that was what I'm doing that day. Went to the store, waiting there when they opened, bought it. They all knew I was buying my first gun. It was all like, oh, this guy's nice. first gun or whatever. So it was pretty cool. How much was that it? Awesome. How oh, much? Yeah. I don't remember. remember. It was a long, long time ago. It was probably. 50 75 bucks, I bet. I mean, it had to have been. Would you get an 870 Express? So, definitely the cheapest one they made. And I was a kid, I had to have a job. I was 18, right? So, I had to have a car and a job, but I spent all my money on my car, right? So, yeah, I bet you it was like a hundred bucks or something. It was a long time ago, it was in the 80s, you may have been in the 80s. Um, but I think it's kind of like buying your first uh beer maybe or maybe yeah. somewhere between your first beer and your first car right when whoever sells you your first car is probably going to be like uh oh i'm selling this kid their first car like there's a lot to that right they're going to maybe give you a, some advice or a pat on the back or something it's probably like that you know like they knew they were selling a kid's first shotgun and i was all super proud of it you know because some kids are like hey i gotta buy a shotgun my dad told me to they don't care but i was all into it and they could tell and they were in the gun shop you know i mean it's like so somewhere between a beer and a car i think yeah absolutely Clove, what about you? Do you remember the first gun that you bought for yourself? Uh, first, first gun period that I bought. Uh, Mossberg 500 410. There you go. There you go. Rogue, what about you? It was my 21st birthday. And it was a Glock 17. Nice. Ooh, nice. Excellent. Nice. Excellent. Jumped into the deep end on that one. There you go. I like yeah. it. Uh, now, what year was that? Were they yeah, established? What, yeah, what yeah, generation? Like 1987, <laughs> when they came out. So, <laughs> no, but seriously, it was a, a big they difference. They still have it. That's the thing. You still I have it. That's was, some money. It was probably early 90s, wasn't it? It was early 90s. Yeah, yeah. it was early 90s. And no, I uh, diesel. I don't have it because 
when I became an FFL, I needed to raise some money. So I ended up selling it, but it did get shipped to Texas. So it was rolling around. Well, it's, 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 it's in a, well, it, it, at one point a, it was it's in, in the same hand. state. It's in yeah. good hands. Yeah. It's good hands. But you did buy it then sort of as they weren't the same reputation as they got today. You were buying something that was high tech and new. You weren't well, buying it something. Was a, it was a Gen block. 2. Yeah, it was a it was a Gen 2 mm. Glock 17, and that's actually the gun that also got me into competition shooting. Nice. Mm. Awesome. 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 I love it. Uh Diesel, what about you? Do you remember the first gun you bought? Yes. My first gun was a Kimber TLR2. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Talk about jumping oh. in the deep. Good lord. Okay, well, I'm so sorry. Would you like some great poop on with that? Right. <laughs> That's why when you said that, I was like, oh God. <laughs> I'm gonna give you some shit over, but I'm I'm loving the fact that I mean, you know what? From that point on, everything's downhill. Let's go. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, now, do well, you still have it? Yes, sir, I do. Mm -hmm. yep. There you go. That's yeah, awesome. That's not going anywhere. That's going to be the last <laughs> one I get rid of. That's awesome. Nice. That's awesome. For me, it was... Some people know... And a lot of people know this about me. I didn't shoot guns until I joined the Marine Corps and shot the M16A2 and kind of like, ooh, I like it. Um, so literally I had 10 days off when I got out of boot camp before I had to go to combat training and came home the very next day. I went to Walmart and bought me a Winchester 3030 because it was the cheapest rifle they had. Um, and I'm so I'm, I'm 19 years old, 18, 19 years old, bought me a Winchester 3030 and still, still got it. But, uh, yeah, it's another thing. I bought that because I wanted, I wanted a rifle, and um, so I can always thank the Marine Corps because that introduced me into a whole another world of, of of my life. So, uh, on top of other things, that that's what. Yeah, I came home literally the next day when I got home and went to Walmart. I think it costs like it could have been much because I didn't make any hardly any money, but I, I was, I was like 125 bucks or hundred bucks, 125 bucks for a Winchester 3030. And that was with ammo, by the way, that gave, it gave like two boxes of ammo with it. Those so were the days when you could buy a gun at Walmart, Those that's true. Were the days. You can still buy them here. Um, you still buy them too, but yeah. Oh, really? um, oh yeah. Now the, oh, the yeah. days, the days were buying a gun at Montgomery Ward. Sears and all Sears, that, yeah. or Western Auto. <laughs> Those were <laughs> yeah. the days. Having it shipped to your house for oh, the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never experienced that, but I heard you know, about it. But that would be great, wouldn't it? Like, oh, hey, man. just ship that to my house. Yeah, not a problem. Be there in a couple days, you know? <laughs> cool. Like, for nine years, that was happening. I think it was Amazon. If, if you get Amazon Prime a gun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Amazon guns. Oh, you know, you imagine oh, how big they would be. Oh, good lord. Man. Yeah. Man. Mm, yeah, those are the days. I would have loved to have been around for those days that you could actually have one shipped to your house. That'd be awesome. But yeah. Um, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about before we jump into this. Uh, I don't want to go too far into it for a lot of different reasons. Um, obviously, most of you know that there was another tragedy that happened today in Texas. I don't want to go into it because information is so, so new and young that talking about it would just be in bad taste. And two, 
I'm not going to speak on something until I know that there's more quality information instead of speculation. What I will say is our hearts and our minds and our prayers are with anyone and everyone that's been affected by um, the murders that happened in Texas. And um, it was actually a town. I used to live in San Antonio when I first got out of the court. And it was about an hour. Uh, this town's about an hour or so um, from San Antonio. So I never was there, but I knew that I knew of the town. And um, so I want I, I want to let you guys uh, if you guys want to talk about a little bit, I, I, I'm choosing not to because I don't want to bring light to it anymore. But more importantly, there's not enough quality uh, information out there yet. I want to give a few days to find out what's going on. But if you guys have anything you want to say or whatever, you're more than welcome to uh, to talk and bring it up. Uh, there's an interview with Stephen. Stephen Williford, the guy from the Texas situation that happened yeah, we'll with the yeah, and AR, yeah. and he took care of stuff with the guy from a, with a pickup truck. They never met each other, so he had, that just you know coincidentally had an interview today earlier, and there was uh, somebody that mentioned something in there that that there's whenever the media picks up one of the situations like you're talking about that, that must have happened today, that yeah. there's a something like three to five created by the media hype, and I'm I'm being sent that stu the study that does that. But okay, I think cool. that, right, that's my statement is that that we should be paying attention to how many are created, how, how this is self-fulfilling prophecy. They use this against us or they attempt to, it creates more, and then they use this, you know, they, they continue to Everyone wants their 15 minutes of fame, and it's a shame that some people choose this manner to get it. And that's why I choose not to talk about a lot. I'll never mention names. Well, I'm just saying, I guess, if there's research that indicates that there's a correlation then shame on them for continuing to do this when there's that Absolutely. And I would love if, if you get a chance and you get it and read through it, uh, if you don't mind, if you can forward it to me, I would love. Oh yeah, to read oh, definitely. That. I'm not hiding it. If sure. I can find it, I'll, I'll distribute. Yeah. That, that's, that'd be, that'd be interesting. And, and Wilford said that, so he, he probably knows what he's talking about. Oh um, no, no, sorry. It was an interview with him. And then somebody in the comments mentioned that. Oh, okay. I was told I'll be sent the, the research so that I can verify or follow up or whatever. But yeah, as soon as I know yes. what it is and I'll put pulling it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like I said, I, I, I don't want to go into this rabbit hole except for saying, um, you know, we're keeping everyone in our thoughts and prayers and all of that. But like I said, Rogue, Clover, G, Diesel, if you guys have anything you want to talk about, by all means, you have a few minutes to talk about before we move on. It's just uh, my condolences goes out to the families. Um, you know, I pray for those officers that had to respond, uh, you know, because they, they see a lot that goes on, too. So. Absolutely. You know, I don't really like talking about these kind of things either when they come out no. first. I don't like talking about them, period. Yeah. No, it, absolutely. Them, but, but I'm sure as hell not going to talk to them three, four hours after it happened. Right, That's, right, right. Yeah. Um, this is interesting. This is a whole other conversation, but I, I, I tend to, and it doesn't have to be vets, um, but he's talking, it would be a good thing maybe through the VA or a sponsored thing, but need vetted vets for armed duty at schools these days. Um if if I was, I'll I'll preface it by saying, if they're going to keep the uh, schools as no you know gun free zones, they're going to have to do something to protect this. If you're not if you're not going to allow the citizenship to protect it, um, then yeah, I, I, I would I could see where um, there could be some private security being hired. How about, how about this? How about one psychologist? How about one person who's willing to talk to kids or be an adult mentor to a kid at each school? 
I'm all for let, that. Uh, and let me, I mean, I just let me put my, this two cents in there also as as far as the current state of of um, security at schools. So in my area where you I, you would know, yeah, because you're yeah. I mean, you're police chiefs. So go for it. Right. So in my area, we have uh, we have three schools. The county has so many schools, but the cities have their own schools inside the city mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So in that, in, in, in that city, now the county has way more schools, but in that city is three schools, a high school, middle and elementary school. The high school is employed by um, the police department to have a full-time officer out there as a school resource mm -hmm. officer, right? Um, but now for the last three years, they have offered off-duty pay for officers to come and work off-duty to, 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 you know, be security at these schools. The problem is, is that departments are so shorthanded, we can't fill that off duty. Um, yep. So that's where we're all at right now. It's like, you know, they have so much money in that budget for that off duty. They're telling officers, hey, can we get three or four officers in the days that you can do it? If you want to come, right. just come and be at the school. We'll pay you. No right. matter. We'll Absolutely. come and pay you. So. That's where you have to be right a schedule now. just when you've got time, even to right. for a couple hours. They said, yeah, they're, they're saying eight, eight, they're giving eight hour days. If you can work an hour and a half, they don't care. They just want somebody there, you know, like throughout that. the day. And they, they're still having a hard time filling it. And this, I'm talking about $35, $40 an hour for off duty, you know. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I might come out and do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, here at our school, to. yeah, our school, uh, I'm very proud of after the um the texas and the, the florida thing down there close to miami a few years back um we had a town hall meeting and once again we're in arkansas so it's guns are a lot more prevalent we had a town hall meeting and i actually was asked to speak at it and, and did um about bringing in whether it's private security or we have a resource officer now they're on the same campus but it's a big campus we have elementary right. middle and high school and saying it's one for all of it oh wow so he's going between all three schools i mean what what you know what can you do but the town hall was talking about adding more res like a resource officer for each school or being able to hire private security or allowing teachers to carry and they voted on allowing teachers to carry and you had to have a concealed carry permit and you had to go through 80 hours of training with local law enforcement and all of that. Our sheriff kind of put the curriculum together on active shooters. They had to be, they went through Sims. I mean, it was, it was not just, Hey, let's go to the range and shoot for it. It was like, they closed a the school down in the summertime to run active. They brought instructors into an active shooting drills and all of that. They went through all of this stuff. And now I think there's 25 teachers that carry throughout the campus every single day awesome. which i'm really proud of our school kind of taking a step to do that um so let me ask you this diesel real quick and, and from uh, and the law enforcement side would you rather see increased police officers even if it means hiring staff hiring officers specifically for that or off duty versus teachers which one would you is in your position what would you rather say i would i would I, I think it's better to have the teachers there because the teachers know the students a lot more okay they that's so what, so I, in, in, that, my thought of what you would say i thought you were going to go the other way well no because my thought about it is if the student that is actually doing the crime the teacher could probably know it's that student before anybody else would because True. they're teaching them they're in, they're in the class with them so they know who to look for 
before an officer would any day. You know, I mean, when it comes down to it, if the teacher's teaching this kid every day and the teacher's showing, I mean, and the student's showing these characteristics to become a, a mm. shooter or something like that, mm. when it came up and the student runs up and says, hey, blase, blase, whoever is, 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 has a gun and he's trying to shoot people, that teacher knows exactly who to look for. As officers, we really don't know unless that student has been a problem. You know, so I mean, you know, I, I think it's better to have the teachers there as a as a as a front than an actual officer. Because because ultimately off duty officers, they're not focused on the school. They're just focused on okay, let me rephrase that. They're not focused on they don't their job is not that school. They come there for off duty, yeah, they work that one absolutely. time, you know, that sure. couple times a week or whatever. Then they gotta go back in the road and worry about who the the main characters are in the on the road instead of who the main characters right. are in that school. So I think it's better. And, and, and most of the time, those characters out in that part of the world aren't the ones that are causing problems on campus. Usually, right. someone who's already on campus. Right. Right. Um, right. So yeah, see, with I, the I, training that, that they gave, me, I would feel way more like comfortable. Yeah. yeah. With that training, eighty hours of training, you're doing live active training. I would feel way more comfortable with a teacher doing it than an officer. Yeah, it's so funny because uh, a lot of the teachers that care are friends of mine, and they're at the range. They were they were always at the range, but now they're at the range a lot more, and, and I like that because they're encouraged to, and they're just going out trying to, and, and they're continuing their training, and it's brought people that were already had their CCW, but it's brought them to a whole nother level when it's not just my personal life that I'm defending. It's my kids. And so they take training a lot more serious. They go to the range a lot more. And they're not just out there shooting their friends. They're there to practice and get better because now they have this responsibility. And you had to volunteer for it. You had to be screened, psychological screen. They went through the gamut of this. Seriously. And I think it could be a great template for other schools. Um, I was very proud of the school district to do that. What's that? It gives the teachers a mindset too. So now instead of being a victim mindset or I'm helpless or I'm not in the equation, their their mindset is, you know, they're part of it. They're going to be teaching their kids to be aware, the other teachers to be aware, the teachers that didn't want to participate, go through all that. They're still in the teacher's lounge. You know, they're teaching, they're teaching each other, right? I was also going to yeah. say a bad actor, it's easy to wait for the officer to go by or do something behind the officer's back that the officer doesn't know about, but try keeping something from a teacher. Right. right. You can keep it nothing Absolutely. from your teachers. Absolutely. Um, and Patriot out there, he says also teachers would know if it's not a student before an officer would. Yeah, like yeah, who's not supposed to be there. know everyone who's supposed to be there and who's not supposed to be there, you know. Plus everybody's parents, like that's the parent who's not supposed to be here, or this isn't anybody's parent. I don't know who this person is. And they're claiming yeah. to be this kid's parent. That is not this kid's parent. You know, that's the teachers know that stuff. Yeah, and there was there's a lot of people that will talk about, hey, let's just build walls around our schools, and, and that's making it a jail. And I don't want people to get used to feeling like they're in jail. I mean, it's a school. Um, there are other ways to protect schools than building a wall. That, that's just my opinion. I don't want people to think they're in jail. I don't want people to sit there and say, I'm not going to that school because it's jail now. And that's what the feeling would be is checking through a, a checkpoint and having to go through, you know guards and all that well it is what it is um i I would i'd rather have these kids being able to be protected inside the the walls you can fortify the school without building walls around it you know there's ways that you can do this um from the inside than 
the outside. That's just me. I don't know. And walls, walls do both. They keep them in and they keep them out. You know what I mean? So, I mean, let's say somebody does get in, in, it's going to be harder for kids to get out. Yeah, I mean, people you know, can't like, leave. And now you're even creating, yeah, you're right. creating a funnel. You're creating a, you're, 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 a bad funnel of death right there. Right. Absolutely. You, you know about the funnel of death. So, I mean, that's one of those things you don't yeah. want to create. And no, I think metal, J-Dub says about metal detectors, I think metal detectors is a great idea. Uh, you still mm-hmm. need the security there. You know, uh, in North Carolina, one of the school districts have just implemented metal detectors. And within the first two weeks, they found five guns. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Kids were bringing them for self-defense. They weren't they weren't trying to, you know, do anything like that. But it was just more of a, you know, they were scared they were going to get jumped or something. They were using it as self-defense. But, yeah, they found like five guns in the first two or three weeks. Now, Jacob is uh, a a younger, young, early 20s. um, So he's closer to this age than any of us. So he says school's already like a jail to kids. Oh, it is. I understand that. It is. It's uh, an institutional Carl, learning facility. It, it is institutional. That's for sure. Um, Carlos says, give a, give them a CCW premium. Uh, talking about teachers. He said, uh, teachers are dying anyways. Give them guns, give them a CCW premium. Um, you know, like I said, for hours, you, you 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 couldn't have gone and gotten your CCW to do this. You already had to have it. Now that being said, that was the first year a couple of years ago. So those that wanted to do the next year could have gone and got their CCW by then, and then they could have been added to the list the next year. Go through the eighty hours of training. But the initial was you already had to have a CCW, which means that you were already familiar to some extent with firearms, plus the eighty hours of training with the law enforcement side and outside trainers and all that. So like I said, is it perfect? No. Um, but I think it's a great template to start with. So now, as far uh, as where, yeah. where are the guns, where are they keeping the guns while they're in the classroom? Is that, um, is that something well, that- they, they have two options. Um, they can carry concealed on their hip, wherever, if they're not going to carry other person, they have, and they, I, I don't know. Now this, I don't know if they provide or they have to, but they have to have it in a safe. If they're not going to carry on their person, they had to put it in a in a lockbox in a safe uh, right there at the desk. So you couldn't put it in your you know a, a female teacher Bag. couldn't put it in your purse and just right. leave it there or a backpack. It's either on your person or it's in uh, a lockbox. Um, and I want to say I want to say they're providing the lockboxes. Um, I don't think you had to bring around. I think they're providing lockboxes and all of that. So, um, but yeah, um, you know, there's always different ways to protect one and and family and kids and all of that um got a text oh rod if rod's still out there yes i got your text and i'll call you when we get done with the show so um but yeah it's, it's just oh it's always an interesting and i don't want to you know i like this side of the conversation instead of the dark side that happened today instead of talking about that let's talk about how to you know make sure that it doesn't happen the next time and what can we do to protect our kids and, 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 and set up a way to limit these. Are we going to stop everything? Evil's evil. If someone wants to do evil, they're going to figure out a way to do evil, no matter what tool they're using. Um, we just got to be able to, and I think the biggest one is, I don't know if it was diesel or rogue or whoever it was talking about having a psychologist that's present. They have school psychiatrists, but are they really there actively, trying to find kids that they think are having issues. I think that that needs to be done by kids, by teachers, by any faculty, by staff. If you see someone is having a tough time, 
you know, not, we're not we're going to flag him and say, I think he might be the next one or she might be the next one, but at least talk to him, find out. And especially if they have caused problems in before, then we need to make sure that we're keeping an eye on, on, on what's going on. And I'm not saying we have to, you know, get in, too much involved in monitoring everywhere they go on campus, but so if, if this we're person, talking about criminals, maybe we do. We're talking about criminals, people that are causing crimes or stealing yeah. or doing drugs or something, dealing drugs or something. And those kind of criminals where they've literally got a criminal record, they're not, unless you count gangbangers like shooting at each other. And I guess that must happen in a school, but I think often those happen around schools at midnight and they call yeah. them a school shooting because they want to set the narrative. But if you're talking about actual crazy situations where somebody who's, you know, whatever the correct way of saying medications or, you know, off, you know, mentally, those aren't the kids that are getting in trouble all the time. The kids right. getting in trouble all the time are typically super smart kids that can achieve and have something going on. They don't have a mentor role model and they've made mistakes and they get stuck in a, some kind of pipeline that doesn't let them get out of the mistake chain or whatever. They learn yeah. from mentors that are bad influences. So if we want to solve this, take all that effort that's the, the tetherball. They're going to say that it's guns and we're going to try to defend our property. Well, let's quit doing that because we all know it's not our property. And I don't know how many conversations I can deal with that we complain about keeping our property because we know it's not that. Let's talk about how we can go in and as adult role models, if what's needed is these kids to stop doing crazy stuff, either in the violent side because they're lashing out every day as criminals or the kids that occasionally freak out and go nuts in a major way. You're not going to prevent that, but you, the individual thing, but you can prevent the circumstances from allowing it to bubble up, right? And right. okay, you can't go there and guard every kid. Who wants that? Nobody wants to live in a prison. Provide after school activities. Hey, you want to learn how to grow a garden? You want to learn how to do woodworking? I know how to network computers. Do you want to learn what it's like to be in law enforcement? Do you want to know what it's like to be in healthcare? Do you want to know what it's like to be in, in hospitality? Like there's a million things that people can bring, everything that we all know we can bring to the table and find out what the kids want and get an organization like PTA. You have something for kids to do that's constructive and they start to build and then those kids role model the kids below them. Kids emulate the kids above them. Kids have nothing to do and spin out. Little kids are gonna have nothing to do and spin out. Let's just solve, let's stop the cycles. All right, I'll quit ranting. But I think that's how we solve this, not by preventing some theoretical lightning strike from happening. Absolutely. Uh, J-Dub says he has to get out of here dad dudes, but he before he, I hope he's still out there. He made a great point in a second. I'm going to pull this up. A visual deterrent can play a big part in security. Just the presence of an armed response is enough to solidify a school. 100%, whether it's more resource officers, off-duty police officers, teachers, whatever it is. Um, you know, I watched an interview a long time ago, and it was one of those Katie Couric or Barbara Walters or whatever it was. But they were in like this maximum security prison with all these murderers. And a lot of them were there for murder, but it was because it was an armed robbery and it turned south. But they were like, look, if we knew the people that the people that we're gonna go rob had guns, we're finding another house. Like, we're not dumb here. Same thing if if they know that there is a chance that 25 teachers are carrying in that particular day. And they're all spread out. My chances of surviving this or getting away with this or even committing this are much slimmer. So that's a deterrent just in itself. Like you said, either it's a visual or just let everyone know 
hey, we've got 25 people on campus and you don't know who they are in any given day that are going to be carrying. To G's point, to G's point of the lightning strike, though, I hear what you're saying. But the G's point of the lightning strike, evil will do evil things regardless because they do not care. I'm not saying that's going to stop. Once again, I already said that evil is going to be evil. You're going to have that lightning strike. But I think you cut these down as close to a minimal as we can if schools took preventative measures themselves or there was a presence, whether it's police officers or whatever. It's well known that there are multiple people that are armed at the school every day to protect, I think you cut it down to as as, uh, as minimal of a number as you can. Evil's going to be evil. There's going to be people that are going to go out in a blaze of glory. There's going to be people that don't care if they live through this. Um, I get that. But the everyday kid, and I say kid because it seems to be these are students that are doing a lot of this stuff. I think they just want to be noticed sometimes and we and, and like someone was saying we need to figure out a way to get them noticed in, in positive ways um so yeah this went down a whole road that like i said we can keep talking about it and this is this is this is a good conversation not talking about the actual incident habitation but this conversation i think needs to happen everywhere what can we do what is the way to protect our kids? And and, and anywhere that's gun-free zones, there's a reason why gun-free zones, we all know, are terrible. It's not just at our schools. It's anywhere because these are soft targets that people know there is no one there to defend them, to, to, to go after us. They're not allowed to have guns. Well, let's make that not the case. That's just my two cents so, i mean it's I just know. how everybody looks at everything nobody no criminal goes to a town that's going to they know that you're going to get get pulled over you're Absolutely. not going to go to a store that you know is packed i mean it's, i mean that's just you're going you take you take the easiest route that's what that's, right. that's what humans are made and and that is their thought process we're going to take Absolutely. the easiest route and you know a gun-free zone for somebody that's wanting to harm people is the easiest route absolutely um Absolutely. Um, Patriot, real quick, and we're going to actually move on to our topic. Uh, Patriot, have you ever guys checked out the program Watchdogs? That's where dads spend a day at the schools. It's a national program. Um, once again, um, I'm all for it. It doesn't have to be dads. It could be anyone. But for me, if you're going to do it, make sure they're vetted properly, they're trained properly, but let them be armed. Having armed security, armed presence, not just dads walking around with a baseball bat. It could be a deterrent, but if you're going to do this, find a group of people that are willing and able to go through all the psyche valves, go through all whatever training it is, and say, we're here to protect, but we're armed. If they're going to be armed coming in here, then we need to be armed to protect them. That's just that's my take, and, and that might be a wrong take, but that's my take. Um, anything else we want to cover on this before we move on? You guys, good. Good go. All you got right to do on. is erase yep. the part that says you can't be armed in a school. Then the bad guy has no idea if there are or not, right? Because that's the worst mm. part that they know it can't be. Right. That's take correct. That away. 
All you got to do is take the sign down. Nobody has to do anything except take the sign down, and it changes Correct. the scenario. One hundred percent, absolutely. Um, all right. So first, guns, and the reason why I want to talk about this. Obviously, there's a lot of new people that are out there in, the, in our community now, or, or have joined our community in the last couple of years. A lot of first time gun buyers, uh, which is awesome. Um, I've met several around here, and I, I I'm sometimes. How do I put this? Flabbergasted might be the word uh, on some of their reasoning for the purchases that they made right off the bat. And I don't know if they're going by what the gun shop guy is telling them to buy. Is it their buddies? Is it something they've heard from one of us on YouTube? I don't know. Um, but some of the, the the choices that I've seen are interesting. Um, so, G. I want to say, Rogue, what was yours again? Glock 17. Uh, Glock 17. So, you you know, there's a lot of people that buy shotguns. Shotguns, are, I think, are a phenomenal first choice. You can do a lot of stuff with shotguns. Um, I think they're all good, but I think the discussion that I wanted to have is instead of saying, I'm going to start with diesel. So, his was a Kimber. So, when you bought your Kimber... For you, and, and everyone has a reason why, but for you, was there a specific reason why you chose that particular one? Or did you, I mean, like, what was the reason where you settled on the Kimber? Well, <laughs> he said, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I've, told, I've told this story before, but um, I am a big video game freak. I'm a big comic book freak and all that stuff. Yep. So the game Devil May Cry was out. And Devil May Cry was a shooter slasher type game where you could shoot them with a gun and you can slash them with a knife, whole bunch of combos and all that stuff. Well, the gun he used was a 1911. And I, when I was playing, I got said, that's going to be my first gun. He had a black one and a a white one called Ebony and Ivory. And I said, that's going to be my first one. So when I got in the law enforcement, my partner, you know, uh, we were, we had, we, we carried Glocks. And I said, mm-hmm. I'm ready. I want to buy my first gun, but I want it to be a 1911. And at the time, Kimber was the top thing. You know, you could get one for $1,200 or something like that. Absolutely. And uh, he said, man, you need to check out his Kimber. He let me shoot his. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm getting me a Kimber. So that was it was a video game that really made me buy my first Kimber. My first just gun. saying, just <laughs> saying, I know you're not disappointed. You literally could have gotten an ebony and ivory 1911 for the same price you paid for that one Kimber. Oh, I know, but I shot that Kimber, and I was like, <laughs> "No, yeah. I get it, I get it, I get it." Um, you know, and that's that's interesting. So I want to say, you know, and this this is kind of where I'm going. The first question, everybody, is is you know, we all had reasons why we bought our first guns, and I, and I want people to hear this because there might be people out there that are trying to decide and if they kind of hear why we did it and then we're going to come back and say if you could go back what would the gun that you buy so because so rogue glock 17 what was the reasoning in your mind for that particular firearm so at the time i was doing a lot of hiking up in i lived in maryland at the time um i was going back up to pennsylvania where we came from and I was doing a lot of hiking and camping up in um, up in the uh, the Poconos there. And that gun, you know, at, Glocks were just known for, you know, their their reliability. 
So I'm going to be outside. It's going to rain. It'll snow. Whatever the weather's going to be, they were just known to be reliable. So that was the gun that um, I would actually had a holster that was actually on my pack. And I was open carrying that Glock. And that was that was my protection gun going through the going through the Poconos. Awesome. Uh, Clover for you. I mean, so Clover's going to be Clover and G might be different. He's definitely different than me. They had a, and I'm sure you guys probably did diesel and Rogue might have been the same thing, had a bunch of guns prior to buying their first. So it wasn't like it was their first gun. I was not that way. Um, But when you bought your first, was there a reasoning why you chose that one to be the first one you bought, Clover? I chose that one. Probably price was a little bit to do with it, but also, you know, and that extends to my purchases today. I'm all about the value and looking for the deal. And so not that that was at the forefront of my mind back then, because I'm sure it wasn't, but looking back on it, it's like, I don't, I don't think there was any, a conscious decision, right? Like a lot of what we've already heard. Um, But looking back on it, I'm sure yours was, if I remember, a Mossberg 510, correct? 410, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So looking back, I would think just because of my my mentality and everything else, it was probably, hey, I can pick this up. I know from experience, stock I hadn't shot 500s before and knew they weren't phenomenal shotguns, right? Already, um, but I can pick this up. I know it's a solid choice. And what can I do? Well, I've got squirrel, I've got rabbit, I've got deer, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, I can shoot glaze and bottles and other things too, if I, if I want to, right? Sure. So it does a lot of different things. At that time, like personal defense wasn't even a, wasn't even remotely a thought for it. I can't tell you that much. Absolutely. Uh, real quick, Carlos out there says first gun was Walther PDP five inch. Awesome. Huge Walther fan. Uh, good choice, by the way. He says he came into guns and hunting last year after seeing the biggest coyote that he's ever seen hiking. He applied for a CCW two weeks ago, took an elk last year. He's a two way advocate. Fantastic. Well, welcome to the dark side, uh, Carlos. Uh, there's a lot of great minds not only on the panel, but on the chat. If you have any questions on different things, reach out to any of us. Uh, you know, that's the great thing with the gun community, for the most part. Uh, anyone is and everyone is willing to help, especially newer gunners, to to kind of help you down this this way. Because here's the thing: um, welcome to the dark side. We say that because this is an ex- very expensive hobby slash addiction. Um, once you buy your first, it ain't going to be the last. Um, so you're gonna start you'll you'll start creating reasons to buy well, it, it will be your last until you buy another one. It That's will right. be your last right. until you buy another one. And the yeah. and the best gun is always the next gun. Right. This is true. This is true. Well, it's one of the best gun is one of two things. The best gun's the one you have on you at the time. Well, I and it's say your the next, favorite. The next one. I should say yeah. your favorite gun is always the next. Is the next one absolutely? Yeah. Look, yeah. no matter how many guns we own, we always have that dream list that's out there. Oh yeah, and that's never going to change. Even when you get one of those dream list guns, you're going to add something else to that dream list. So you're never going to be satisfied, and that's where it gets dangerous. Is um, it's, but it's a great it's community. A journey, not a destination. 
This is true. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. a lifelong journey. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So I just came up with this. Guns is like deciding to cook at home. So people that cook at home, you know, you can get a microwave and just microwave everything. And that's technically cooking at home. But, you know, if you get into it, you start buying pots and pans. Maybe you decide to bake like, oh, I'm going to make something for Christmas or I'm going to make lasagna or something out of your wheelhouse. You know, you're going to start buying a pan and a bucket or a pot or some spatula or whatever. And nobody's going to look at you crazy. Oh, what do you think? You're a professional chef. Well, you're not making money on all this equipment you bought. Oh, you got a blender and you don't make enough stuff with your blender. That's how guns are, right? Once you get into them and you realize like, oh, I need to go hunting or whatever, but that's worthless for if I want to go to the range. And now I want to go with somebody else to go skeet shooting. Well, that's, you know, I got to buy something else. So you, what are you going to rent a gun? How you can't rent a skeet shooting gun that I'm aware of. You got to buy one for 200 bucks. And then you, after a while you got a safe and then it's like, you have an obligation to keep these things that are semi-dangerous. Hey, once you have it safe, you might as well fill it up. I mean, let's just be honest. Exactly. Right. Saying, once you're in that lifestyle, that's what I'm saying. Like once you start cooking yeah. at home, you don't just go, you know what, from now on, I'm only going to eat TV dinners and go to restaurants. Like you, you start cooking at home. It's just your thing. So I think once you're yeah. comfortable with the lifestyle, you've broken through that mirror or whatever, and you figured out that guns are not dangerous and they don't cause problems that, you know, if you, some people stop at one or two. I mean, there are people yeah. that just they get their shotgun, they get their personal gun. There's tons of people that stop at one gun. Like I got my gun that I carry around. Oh, with yeah. them. They, they want to have it for their own defense and, and that's cool. Yeah. But, then, but once you're in it, you know, that's like the people that get the microwave. But once you're in it, you start buying a couple of things. It doesn't take much for somebody to go, hey, we're going long range shooting. Okay, hold on. Let me buy another gun real quick. Yep. Um, he, now he comes back and says he wants to build an AR now. I'm not going to go on this rabbit hole except for briefly touch on. I'm going to go through the room real quick. Building your first AR versus buying. I believe that I think people and Carlos do what you want to do by all means, Mono. Do what you want to do. I've always said that I think their first AR you should buy and get used to how it works. What you yep. you don't know what you don't know you uh, about buying buy a complete gun. Yeah, buy a complete gun that's already put together, that's already there, um, and, and figure out how it works, how with the different, take it apart 100 times, put it back together, and learn how the parts work, and then you can go and maybe build maybe the second one. That, but that isn't just me. What do you guys think about that's that? That's what I did. I bought yeah. my first AR, and I went and um, what I did was I bought my first AR, I bought the lowest model, and I upgraded it, and I put my own parts there. You there you go. Cool. So I could learn how to do those small parts. And then I went to, you know, removing the rail, moving the barrel, stuff like that. That's how I got to building my own AR. Um, but if you just go straight out of it, man, you're going to be on a lot of YouTube and you're going to, I mean, you don't know what tools you need. I mean, it's just building your first AR. You, you just don't have the knowledge or the tools if you have, if you're not familiar with ARs. Yeah. Sure. Go, go buy your first gun and then upgrade it. Right. Yep. Cause then you'll buy a tool. Do an upgrade and then, okay, that's cool. Go do another upgrade later. After you save up a little bit more money, you'll end up buying another tool. And then eventually after you get that thing completely kitted out, you got all the tools to build your all next gun. You need. Yep. And now you well, know what to look and, for and all of that. And not, just, and not just that, but you are an upper receiver and a lower receiver, basically away from having a whole extra firearm. Extra gun. So, so strip it all back down, put all the parts that you've upgraded on the new upper and lower, and then put your original when you purchase back together. And then now you've got two and then 
keep going from there. I would say that. And, and then the addiction say, really sucks. Because next thing you know, you're going to have seven lowers over here. <laughs> yeah. I, I am say, currently in that situation. Yes, so to, so to, to, I cannot confirm or deny that. Two <laughs> ARs, and I think we all we all would agree with this. You know, can you build an AR with a with a, sure. you know, a, a claw hammer, a few nails, a pair of pliers, and I mean, yeah, you could do that. But to do it properly, to do it quickly, to do it where you're not screwing anything up, yeah, do it there safely. Are, there are tools, and there's it's several hundred dollars worth of tools if you get if you get quality tools. So I think another thing is is going at it slow. You realize the likelihood that you're going to build multiple because if you're only going to yeah. build like one AR, it's like, man, the cost yeah, you're going to pump out on on tools to build one AR is like it's crazy. Yeah, right. I knew going you're gonna, in, you're gonna like, double the cost of that AR just in yeah. the tools. I knew well, going I mean, in, they, you don't need that, the tools, but you're not going to know you don't need them until you've built you built. You don't know what you don't know exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm going to throw it, a timeline in there too and say if it was a time when ARs are scarce and nobody can find lowers or everybody wants everything and it's all in demand, it's a different answer than I think right now. I don't pay attention, but right now ARs are plentiful and are a dime a dozen, right? Right. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know what you know. I'm just saying there's there's yeah. there's dark, yeah. different waves of time. So there's a thousand we've gone through plenty and it's different situation. Mm -hmm. Plus, every day there's new YouTube channels that are saying, here's everything you need to know to build one. Right. Except pay attention to the description. If everything you need to do to build one is a link to something, whatever, then here's everything you can buy on their laundry list. But if you're going out to hunt, or if you're going out for self-defense, or if you're going out to competition shoot, or if you're going out to impress your oh, friends on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, those are different guns. And oh, what yeah. somebody thinks for something. So I'd say, I don't know, all I'll add is there's timeline to that. So all this is with a grain of salt or whatever that's called. Like, you know, th this advice is kind of today. And it could be different in a different time when, but I would say in a time when guns are plentiful, I like your advice to buy one, have one, and then worse that happens, oh no, I've got two ARs. Actually, yeah. if that happens, you don't like having two guns, you sell it. You lost you a couple of dollars to rent this gun for a while to learn what you needed to learn. Yeah. You've got one you like. You don't have to own it, but it'd be crazy not to own it because basically you have almost every spare part you need in that first gun. Golly, yes. Exactly. Well, if, if you're going to build an AR, go find a, a gun person who has a pegboard just like that. All right. And then, and then just go... Go ask them if you can borrow their tools or if they'll teach you. Or if they teach not you. That's not a joke. Like, told me how to do this. With a pegboard like that, that wouldn't be like, well, bring your parts over one time. All right now or tomorrow? When? Let's do right. it. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've done that. I don't know how many times somebody's asked me to, you know, and it goes with reloading ammunition the same way. They're like, you know, hey, man, will you reload this? Or, hey, will you build me an AR? And I'm like, no, but you know what? You can come over you here can and come over and use my stuff, and I'll show you how to do it. I'll I'll teach a man yeah. to fish. I don't have a problem with that, but I ain't doing it for you. Right. Yeah, 100%. And I want to say this also, Carlos, by no means are we telling you not to build an AR. If that's what you well, want to do, hands down, go. I'm pretty do it sure you got all the way to you had them up to seven ARs at some point there. I don't think at least, done. at least, yeah. and I think that's the bare minimum. Is it not? I mean, that's that's got to be the you know the bare minimum is seven. I have I have ARs that literally, <laughs> you know, 
like I've got a lot of alternative caliber stuff. You get into that, or yeah, yeah, ARs and really AR, right. you know, yeah, But I have yeah. ARs yeah. that I built simply because I wanted one that looked a certain way. It's oh, that yeah, super, me too. it's that yeah. superficial. <laughs> oh yeah. Like I want this to look retro, or I want this to look have this type of furniture on it, right? And build a whole new rifle just because I wanted one with that kind of furniture. Well, I, I built a whole three hundred eight, and the whole idea of the build is to make it look like a two two three. And unless you're paying attention to the mag. That the mag's bigger, you don't know it's a 308 until I squeeze that trigger. Yeah. I mean, it's got a 16-inch barrel, it's got a collapsible stock and all that stuff. And and that's I'm the exact same way. I built that rifle to be a sleeper. It's mm -hmm. no one's gonna know it's a it's a 308 until I squeeze that trigger. Yep. Well, I've I've built ARs just because I wanted them to look like guns on Call of Duty. I mean, so yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my daughter's fiance has never shot a gun. Uh, he wants to, and my daughter shoots with me a lot, uh, but he wants to, and he plays a lot of call of duty and rainbow six siege and all of that, which I do too. Um, and he was like, Oh, I want to shoot this and this and this, because I played on that. Oh, really? Well, I've got a P 90 over here, replica and 22 LR. I've got a 22 LR MP five over here. Oh, really? Yeah. Come on. He's like, I just want to shoot it because I shoot it in Call of Duty. Well, if that's what introduces you to us, yeah, yeah. I, come on with it. Let's go. Um, whatever it takes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that is a real thing. I think that be, they want to be able to me. I And I don't know why I haven't, honestly, um, just because I guess I'm lazy. To, I mean, just to be purely honest with you. I would really love to build a Colt AR as a replica to my M16A2 with the carry handle, the A2 front sight, you know, the, the carbine, you know, rounds. It's, it's, it's going to be easy. I just yeah, haven't done it, yeah, you know, but that's something that I want. Why would I shoot that a lot? Probably not. But for me, that, that Colt M16A2 is what brought me to here. And I want to have, I can go get a Colt AR, put a, a carry handle on there, an A2 sight, you know, the stock, the handguard, all of that. And I would love it for nostalgic reasons, you know. Yeah. And I and I can do that very easily. I just haven't done it, you know. Uh, Jacob, now, Jacob, God bless you, man. You're starting to piss me off. Clover's gotten too much in your head. I'm just saying. He says his first firearm is dreamless for the future is a 4570 double barrel rifle or a 3030 or 30-06. Come on, man. You're like 22 years old. Don't let the FUD life catch you this early. Don't let the FUD walk. Hey, walk towards the light, bro. Not away from the light. Walk towards the light. Even I disagree. Even I disagree with that. Come on, a double barrel forty-five seventy. If you're gonna go forty-five seventy, you got to go lever action, bro. Come on. I'll tell you, I would love to get a three fifty-seven lever. I would oh, yeah. love to get a three fifty-seven yeah. lever for sure. Gary's out there. He speaks the truth, man. And then you do the least. I mean, it, dude, I've got cabinets full of holsters. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't even lot. want to count. Yeah. I'm, I've, I, I've talked like hundreds of holsters, probably. Let me I don't even want to count. Yeah. How do you how do you keep up with your holsters? I got so many holsters and I'm going from like, does I, this go to this gun? Or? Boxes. I just uh, got I just I got put five my, holsters in, in the past week. Right. I, I yeah. don't know which ones go to which guns. Like I'll look at my gun wall and I'll be like, I want to carry this today. But then 
It takes me another 30 minutes to find a holster. For find a holster. Because <laughs> I don't know where I put the holster. Sharpies, man. You're your best friend. I would like to sit there and tell you that I'm an organized person and I keep them in, in clear plastic boxes labeled for each gun, but I don't. <laughs> I don't do that. You know these, I have no idea. I have no I idea. This, you know what would work is they make these things that go on the back of a door for like putting shoes or something in. I'll bet you if you put a bunch of holsters into those like pocket things. Yeah. That would be a way to organize yeah. a whole bunch that of them. Yeah. There's all sorts of ways you can do it. I'm just too lazy to actually do it. Um, yeah, I'd rather just throw it in a drawer and forget about it until I'm ready. But I yeah. like the Sharpie. Yeah. Uh, you can go get like a silver or a gold Sharpie. Sure. And just on, on on the back side, like where it would go towards the hips so no one can see it, just write Glock 19 or Kimber or whatever. It, it okay. For some reason, it comes off. I've, I got gold oh, yeah? and okay. bronze. I got gold and bronze Sharpies right here. Wherever it is. Maybe uh, right here. Uh, I would say a label I, maker, but that yeah. Or yeah, you know, was, this is 2022. Take an Instagram of your gun with the holster, and then just go like <laughs> your own Instagram. Yeah, dude, good point. Dude, that is so like good point. Fucking brilliant! It's stupid. <laughs> yeah. I do that all the time. Half of my oh, Instagram. Yeah. So when I go to a gun show, I know what I got. So I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not. It's not there to entertain people. It's there to make. It's, it's his memory. <laughs> this is a historical memory of his. Oh wow, that's a great idea. Actually, it's brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, Jake uh, or Carlos, welcome to the dark side. It's gonna get. It's gonna get fun for you. I, I put it to you that way. But there are a ton of people um that are willing to help you down this we are very eager to spend your money i'll put it to you that yes. way we are oh, yeah. all eager totally. to spend your money i just don't know what to start getting addicted to and then letting them give you ideas like i, I yeah. want to be addicted to 223 but can you give me some ideas on how to do it i will what say this carlos has already has pretty cool too you know so. Carlos, yeah. Carlos has all started with good taste with guns, so he's going to be spending some money. So, I mean, absolutely. He says one of his vet friends has like four lowers and he's selling them when he's going to give him a hand. Perfect. Absolutely. Sweet. Um, yeah. Just I mean, don't do it on your own for the first one. It'd be really difficult. Nothing you couldn't do it, but it'll be difficult. Uh, having someone there to help you throughout the journey would be great. Whichever way you go, you're going to be fine. What's that, G? I'm thinking like a guitar motorcycle. If somebody likes Harleys and you're tricking out a crotch rocket or whatever they're called nowadays, like, uh, I don't have to call them that. Is that what they're still calling? But you know yeah. what I mean? Like you're, you're going to be to search a motorcycle, but you're, you're in the same realm, but you're not going to know everything about the thing. So your friend might be into long range ARs, for example, or not, or like Ghost was talking like an authentic looking rebuild. And that's just a different way of approaching. It's like a different kind of motorcycle. So, uh, I think, you know, like I say, you can do anything you want, but, you're going to end up at the worst having two things and you sell one or the other side, like most people, you just accumulate them. 90% of these parts are interchangeable, right? So if something breaks, having two guns is just like having spare parts in a chassis. Yep. Yeah. Rod, Rod also agrees. The G web's taking pictures of your gun without a holster. I mean, that is brilliant. You don't even I have to put it on Instagram. Just keep them on the phone. Yeah, you, you know, can do just, this. Just, just put on Instagram. Because then you have fun with it, and then people can tell you how you're wrong or whatever, and then you get a little points for the holster company. And yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so what so I want to do now? My early gun or my first gun. So I think I'm definitely like Clover. Like I, I personally, my dad gave my mom a gun, when they were married, and then she was like, I don't want a gun. So 
when I was born. That was my that's what I was always told. We have, a, we have a call on the hotline. Hold that thought real quick, G. Arms is in podcast. Who we got? Take a wild guess. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's Pat Hurst. <laughs> What's going on, Pat? How you doing, bro? Oh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, very good chat tonight. Uh, definitely a lot of lively conversation on a lot of different areas between cake and movies and guns. Cake, movies, <laughs> uh, school things. security, and guns. I mean, we give it all to you. You know, if you don't like what we're talking about, just wait a few minutes. We're going to talk about something else. <laughs> it's kind of like the <laughs> Texas <laughs> weather. Just wait five minutes. It's going to change. Uh, yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What's up? So. Oh, I was just going to uh, say on the uh, parts and stuff on the ARs and everything, you know, being a relatively newcomer to the AR setup and uh, system and just in general, uh, having extra spare parts and stuff laying around just because you didn't like this or like that or it just didn't work out the way you wanted it to. um, It's not bad having spare parts laying around just in case something happens. No, you're going to end up with hand guards, with detents, with firing pins, with springs that you don't yep. even know where they go to. Uh, you're going to have all of these things that, um, you know, and, and there's a good chance that when you build your first one, you have all the parts laying out. And when you get that gun put together, there's like four or five parts that you didn't get put in the rifle and you don't know where they go. That's going to happen. Take it down, start over, but you're going to have spare parts for sure. Yeah. Exactly. Most likely they're going to lose some parts. Well, they're gonna so, break yeah. over. They're gonna break over. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Those details are a bitch sometimes. Yes, they are. <laughs> if you, you don't build did it, did you see the Instagram posting of like the satellites around the Earth, and it's really just all the detents from building ARs? That sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds about right, and in, in, in my case. <laughs> because that's what I lost. As soon as that that spring flies. You won't find it for six months. Nope. You won't find you know, it until you're looking for something else. Oh, hell, there it is. You know, you know what's sad is when we were finishing off this room I'm in, this is where the gun company used to be. And I used to build a couple of ARs and stuff like that. I lost detents where I launched across the room. We emptied this room out to put the carpet in. And I still can't find those detents when the room was completely stripped down. I have no idea where they went. Whoever came up with the idea of using those to build rifles was, we're talking about evil people. That dude was evil. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to, for the next 40 race. years, we're going to fuck with these people. We're, we're going to make them put these little bitty things in that little bitty hole and put pressure on that spring. Have fun, guys. That's, right. that's just evil. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And, and coming from the uh, diesel automotive side of things, having little things like that and you've seen it done before yeah. and you've watched videos and everything and you put your hands in the right place and there might be a millimeter between two fingers where you think you've got this caught and it shoots right between the gas and your fingers and it's just gone forever. And you don't need, (laughs) you don't need that big of a gap. (laughs) It's gone. No, you don't. Well, you know, those little, uh, uh, they they call them C clips, on uh-huh. and they use them on a wide variety. They call them Jesus clips mm-hmm. because as soon as that thing goes flying in the Jesus. air, you go, "Oh Jesus, where did that go?" Absolutely. 
<laughs> that's why it's always good to have uh uh what did uh what are they called uh oops kits oh yeah, uh, yeah. And if people are oh. wanting to know this is what i use you don't have to but it's a great way tackle box because a lot of tackle box will yeah. come with those little bitty individual like covered little holes you can put different things and label on a tackle box is a great way for your parts that's just my experience yes there you go yep, how exactly. about that and uh another great thing for capture if you've got a rifle or a shotgun or something spread across the bench and you're worried about the tiny pieces being lost magnetic trays oh yeah for sure it yeah. is, is, is definitely a way to go it's definitely a way to go i don't care if you're working on a gun or if you're working on an engine or what it is if it's got teeny tiny parts magnetic trays you just make you, you got to have them. They make <laughs> that have like some texture and some pockets and some like wells or cavities, whatever you want to call it. So like there's some physical ways that things won't roll out because you got your brass pins and your things that don't get magnetized. But then in the, in the, what am I saying? The silicone rubber, they'll have magnets. So you get like the best of both worlds yep. where it's like a rubber mat. And for vehicles, yep. you set them on like the, you know, on a curved part or on top of wheel, even like yep. silicone rubber, right? This so think of like a really thick mouse pad but there's some like wells in it, some like divots in places so that you can lay down parts. And what's cool is they're like, it's kind of like a tray when you get a tray in a mess hall where there's just like cavities in there so that, mm -hmm. you know, you can put a couple of screws here from the optics and a couple of screws here from the front sight post. So they're like physically separated from each other. And some of those, like I say, I'll have magnets imprint inside of the silicone right away too. I've and got a couple of silicone cleaning mats that are that way. I've got, yeah. Uh, several from yeah. several different companies that, uh, and the, the beautiful thing about the silicone, they got little hooks and you can hang them up. You can roll them up. They got little straps to roll them up if you want. But what's awesome about the silicone is you literally, your solvents, your lubes, your, you just wipe it off. I mean, it's, wipe it off. you, you got to worry about things getting all bad. You nasty. can't really hurt them. No, they can. clean up so easy. You, you can't. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I went out now, and Rogue's going to turn this into a damn Wheeler commercial, but that's okay. We'll let <laughs> no, you do your thing. That's not a Wheeler. This is this is this is right out of Harbor Freight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it, because of uh, carpet is a real thing for losing parts. It is um, a real thing, especially mm -hmm. dark. Yeah. I just went out and got one of these things. These magnetic uh, sweepers. Matter of fact, there's a screw on there. It doesn't work, uh, by the way, nice. with aluminum or brass. Unfortunately, no, it only, only works with steel. <laughs> yeah. But it does work with detents. Yeah, and for pins and like needles and things, which are steel almost always, it's handy to have that in a carpet I, for other. Yeah, I got that when I when I shot a detent for a uh, a Beretta across the room. I uh, finally just went. I'm going to get going out and get one of these things. I was going to say that uh, yeah. if you don't build one or at least tear your gun down, you, then you never learn what parts get lost and broken in the process. And you can buy a set of replacement parts, but there's certain parts, you know, that are kind of pointless because you're never going to really break some of them. You have one replacement, you're good to go. Another gun can be enough, but like a detent, like we're talking about, you don't really ever take it out. But when you do, good luck. You might as well just have six of them, right, for the cost. Right. Now, I will say this. Patriot of the Dark has a great point. Sweeper vacuum your floor before you start to get all of those excess little crumbs or whatever that could be mistaken for whatever. That way you're starting with a clean slate and all of that. Um, That's a very good idea. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pat, you got anything else, brother? 
Um, yeah, I was going to suggest a little uh, something before I leave, and you know, I'm not sponsored by these guys or anything by any stretch of the imagination. But the one thing, the first thing I did when I got my first AR was I went out and got. Uh, it's called a Tech Mat. T E K M A T. I've got, got several of them. Yep. And roll that baby out and if you're doing any changing or cleaning or swapping parts or anything you can look straight down at this bad boy and see okay well i've got this part this goes in next this goes in next oh crap where the hell did that go so i i'm using one of them for a mouse pad i've got a bunch of them that's for a beretta 92 that's my mouse pad that i'm using right here but yes i've got a bunch of different ones for different guns rifles but it shows you every yep. part to where, yeah, you can sit there and say, where is it supposed to go? And why haven't I put that back in the gun or whatever? Yeah, tech mats are wonderful uh, for sure. Yes. yes. I've got one laid out on the gun bench right now for the AR. And they make great mouse pads also if you get more than one. Just saying. Yeah, they do. Especially if you get the pistol ones. Those That works just about perfect. This is what I use for my <laughs> mouse pad here. And I got another one at work. And it's phenomenal. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's that's about all I had. So just wanted to say, uh, awesome chat tonight. Thanks, uh, brother. Definitely lit up there in the chat. So appreciate you. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, and uh, y'all have a good night. You too, Pat. Thanks again for calling, brother. Appreciate it. Hey, Pat. All right. Yep. Night, y'all. <laughs> all right. So, G, I apologize. Um, and G was on a roll too. He was on a fucking roll when that call came in. So, is there any way that you can bring back that energy and, and start over? <laughs> That's no big deal. So, I think you were just talking about whenever I was a kid that um, I was. I, no, I think I was saying I was a little kid. I had my gun, so I grew up with guns, right? For whatever reason, yeah. my dad thought it was cool to say like I just grew up having this gun all the time. Um, I, I was in a gun family for sure, right? So we had a bunch of guns and stuff. So I just always had them around. So buying my first one for me, I'm trying to remember anymore. It was in the 80s. It was probably in the middle of the 80s sometimes. So there's no CCW yet, right? It's like right. Magnum PI is on television. Like the only people that carry guns are like, you know, TV shows and stuff. Cops on TV shows even, right? Um, so anyway, I was in the and army. Those, those revolvers at that point, you know. Right. Um, what? What? Oh, the cops That's are carrying the most, revolvers. Most, yeah, revolvers at that yeah, point. Yeah. It, it, the reason I don't like nine millimeters because I can remember when cops carried revolvers, the first uh, semis got to cops and they didn't like them always. So they weren't mm -hmm. like an instant hit. That was like kind of, uh, you know, it, a, a hard fit or something. It wasn't like immediately successful. Some people liked it. The kids, I'm sure, liked it. The young cops liked it. But the old cops, they hated semi-autos, right? And what happened is the 1968 Gun Control Act Think about it. It bans low caliber pocket pistols, right? Low caliber, inexpensive guns. So what happens? Nine millimeter is the new norm. So now everything's deadly. Lethality went up a lot with 1968. So nine millimeter increased lethality of, of violent crime in the United States. But anyway, so I was uh, I was already in the army. So I had I was already an armor with a bunch of stuff. So I had already had some experience with real stuff, and you know I knew I couldn't buy none of that. There's also the middle of the 80s so oh you know what it had to be after 86 because i knew i couldn't buy a machine gun otherwise i would have bought a machine gun i would have literally bought a machine gun right but i couldn't so i had to buy something because it was 18 and i was going to go buy a gun and i couldn't afford nothing else so for me it was 
I was going to go buy a gun because I was 18, just like when I was, I don't know, everybody goes and buys a beer when they're 21, right? I mean, nope, that's just, right. uh, at least back in the day, that was the thing you did. Everybody I knew, like when you're 18, you buy a gun, and when you're 21, you go buy a beer because you can. Um, so, yeah, I was going to buy a gun, and the only shotgun was something I could afford. And I didn't like as Clover said, I don't think we really thought about it as self-defense. That wasn't so much a thing back then. I mean, sure, there was crime and stuff, but people were carrying was not a thing. It was not in our mindset. It wasn't a thing unless you were going to be a law enforcement or a cop or something. You know, then maybe you had that in your mindset. But for regular people, we just, you know, a shotgun for me, I was thinking like Clover, like I could take this to well, out I, to have rap shoots in the, in the weekend. I could take it to a match. I could take it hunting. I can take it to any state. That was an issue. I figured I could take a shotgun to any state. Some guns I couldn't take to every state. And I couldn't buy a handgun yet. So that's that's where I'm getting. Uh, that's my first gun. But like well, I say, I grew up with guns. We'd go shooting every weekend. For right. me, the guns in the family were all my guns. So if I wanted to go shoot a gun, that's the gun we went shooting this weekend. You know, there's just a bunch of guns and just kind of decide what you want to go shoot. Or, I mean, literally, if it was like, oh, Magnum PI, I was all hot for Magnum PI that week because something happened. Let's go shoot the 1911s. And then, like you say, some cop show was shooting Thirty-eights. So be like, let's go shoot thirty-eight revolvers. You see lethal weapon, and you want you want a ninety-two at that point. Say, like, oh, well, man, this was years nice. before that, but yeah, that kind of thing. This was Dukes yeah. of Hazard years, and Magnum so, so I agree Finally. with I agree with what G's saying. You know about you know the, the self-defense thing about that that not being a thing. It didn't seem like, but I'm wondering as you got older, G, and you talked to people older than you, some of the old timers, right? Um. Did you find out that they actually did carry? <laughs> they just didn't tell nobody or talk about it. Every well, no, I know everybody carried. The reason yeah. that the, yeah. John Browning invented the twenty-five ACP is because he knew little old lady wanted to carry, uh -huh. so he created the twenty-five ACP and the gun to go around it. And it was made by the millions, and then even more millions were sold, made by Spain and Italy and all those other countries that they call Saturday Night Specials. Uh -huh. Those guns didn't go to cops. Those guns aren't in the pockets of trained elites. Those right. are in the pockets of every grandma that felt like carrying a gun. And wow, back yeah. in the days, it was less lethal. Show there was dogs. Somebody was talking about the person who's new, right? Said they saw a giant coyote. But you think there was less coyotes back in the day, like less mountain lions? And if they're shooting them with twenty-five ACPs, nothing's happening to that mountain lion except it's like I'm gonna go eat the next person that comes by. So right? just getting pissed off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, definitely. Everybody I knew carried. I'm not going to say it this way because I don't want to incriminate anything, but everybody I knew carried something or somebody knew somebody who carried something. And that's not because they were paranoid. It's just that some people, just like now, some people carry guns because they have either experienced a crime or they knew somebody that did. They knew the world wasn't all rosy. And if those people carried back in the day before it was legal to carry, then they shut up about it. And they still carried and they did everything. It's just there was no infrastructure to talk about it. And every time, just like now, every time they got stopped and frisked or arrested, and found with a gun, it was a gun crime. So think, remember, about sixty percent of the gun crimes that happen now are gun are crimes of possession. So you're jaywalking, you got a gun, gun crime. Standing there minding your business, get stopped and frisked, gun crime. Right? That's not crimes, violent crimes with guns. These are people who just own something for self-protection or the perception of self-protection, and are getting in trouble, and they're using those crimes against us. So not we shouldn't just be complaining about the crimes or blowing it off that oh those are crimes in those areas. No, 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 no. Let's take a look at what they're calling these crimes and who are they stopping and frisking? Because, right, yeah, yeah, if they were stopping and frisking everybody's grandma, be a hell of a lot more gun crimes, right? Quote, unquote. Because, yeah, everybody carried brass knuckles, switchblades, 
all that stuff's illegal because everybody carried because the world was violent up until our grandparents existed. After World War II, the world got a lot less violent. And I suspect that's because a lot of people went to World War II and a lot of French resistance and people that were like minding their business until they had to kill Nazis by the dozens came over here because they got sick of living in Europe because it's horrible there with all the metric and everything. And then they came over here and were like, uh-uh. And everybody else that came to this country, I'm just thinking about the Europeans, but think about what would happen in the Pacific, right? Think about what was happening in all the places we don't think about or hear about because they weren't the giant campaigns during the wars. But everybody that's come to this country has been persecuted, came to this country for personal individual freedom with a mindset of leave me the F alone, right? So yeah, everybody was carrying, not because they needed it, but because they were free to. And now in the, you know, now we got ways to say, hey, I'm going to declare that I'm doing it through the state for different reasons. They put a carrot in front of us. Whole bunches of us have permits, even when we don't need them. Constitutional carry states, we have them because, you know, there's reasons. But yeah, I want to take a few minutes for a public service announcement real quick. Uh, Frank, you're fucking killing me, homie. But I'm loving it. Like, this is the greatest, like, most positive 2A trolling I've ever seen. Dude, you win the world, the award tonight. Um, but I'm going to have to ask you to chill. <laughs> it's it's just blowing up the chat. It's been great. And you definitely are, like I said, it's, it's welcomed. You win the award for the best 2A positive trolling i've ever seen in a live chat um good for you um i either you have a book of the greatest gun quotes ever or google if you have a book i need for you to send me in the in the in the message out there what book it is because you've got them all and they're wonderful but i'm I got to ask you to stop because you're killing me, bro. You're just absolutely <laughs> killing me. But you do win the award for the best troll ever. Um, and it's not, a, when I say troll, I don't mean troll in a negative way. You are 100% um, trolling in a positive way. I'm just looking at this and it's driving me nuts. Just saying. Love you, bro. Um, it is what it is. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to maybe to, to chill out just a little bit. Um it is what it is. But yeah, thanks for coming in and, and enjoy. Stay, have fun. Um, and I don't mind you throwing out the occasional, but every 10 seconds, it, it, it's not upsetting. It's just driving me nuts. <laughs> I'm not, not going to lie. It's just making me crazy. Um, but yeah, um, it is what it is. So I, what I want to do for the next five or 10 minutes real quick is to go through here and I'm going to start with diesel and say first gun you bought um, was the Kimber. Okay. Now, if you could go back, knowing what you know now and, and all of that, if you could go back and buy another first gun, what would it be and why would you choose if you choose a different gun you might not you might say i'm going to kimber but if you choose a different gun why would you make that change well you know uh i do teach firearms and a lot of people come up to me and say what is a good first gun and it what i know now it would have changed what i bought before because i tell people you want to get something that is an all good all-around gun that can do everything you know, Absolutely. so if I could go back, I would get something that could have a light on it uh, that was not full sized, 
um, that was easy to conceal or carry out if I needed to, outer carrier, open carry, what they call, call it, you know, things of that sort. So, yeah, I would have got something else and uh, probably yeah. would have been something like a, a SIG P226 or or something Fantastic. like that, you know. Um, yeah. You know, just something, something different. I would have still got the Kimber, but it, that just wouldn't have been my first. It might have been gun number two. It might have been number right, two. Right, right. Carrying that Kimber in a holster is golly. It was, it was just man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would have got yeah. something different. Hundred percent. Rogue. What about you? Would Would you have changed guns? And if so, why? I yeah, no, you're probably pretty happy with the Glock 17. Probably. Huh? Let's just be honest. I. I yeah, that Glock 17 opened up so many different things for me. It opened up uh, competition. It opened up self-protection. It opened up gunsmithing. Um, I would, yeah. I'd do it all over again with that Glock 17. Have you ever I'm been actually, to a Glock Armors class? Uh, I have not. No, I've heard but, they're actually um, pretty awesome. I haven't been either, but I've heard they're uh, pretty they, awesome. They are. They are awesome. But it, yes, I've, I've I've been to a couple of them. I have you good, I, good. You recommend it? Um, to have a Glock Armors class, when somebody it only says works a Glock with Armors, Glocks, probably it's not like right, you're it's, gonna a Glock is a Glock. <laughs> to have a Glock Armors class, if you told me you had a Sig Armors class, okay. But if you're talking about a Glock <laughs> Armors class, I mean a Glock is a Glock, and it's really, yeah. you know, a few pins you got to take out, and that's it. It's it's really not. Is it like seventeen? Is it like seventeen parts or something like that? Yeah. Actual certification anyways. expires. That's what blows my mind. They haven't oh, changed. Really? Yes, it ex three years. Yeah, it expires years. in three years. And, then and they haven't, they haven't changed anything since 88. They change it every time. They change it all the time because every model comes yeah. out with them and then they update. So that's the thing about the armor's cars. It is a simple machine, but they're giving you their uh, their their what's the accumulated experience. Yeah. So what you're getting is just the, the insight. I agree with you. It's not a necessity. Back in the day, I would have said take one because it's an experience. You learn how to precisely learn, right? Absolutely. If you someone show you how to precisely learn something, then you're wrong. I mean, you can get the gist of it or you're going to like, I get the gist of heart surgery. Am I going to do it? No, because somebody sat there and listened to every single detail of how to do a heart surgery from somebody who knows how to do a heart surgery, right? And then they have done a couple of heart surgeries. That person, right, is different than somebody who just knows how to do it so you can change all the parts you want in ar think about an ar does that make you really good at running an ar like no do you know about you know shooting the detents out just because you see all the pictures on an exploded view you know that's the kind of stuff that in an armor's course they're going to say don't try to take the sleeve out of the firing pin thing or if sure. you are here's the bolt you're going to do it with and do it this way so there's some little things that you're never going to need to know that armor scars will tell you and then I'm not supposed to tell you about the Maritime Spring Cups, which are freaking amazing. And back in the day, you had to go to an armor's course to even know about those. And that's to be able to shoot a Glock underwater or be able to come out of the water like a seal or whatever, and you be able to shoot your gun. And that was something that they didn't make available to the public, and you could learn about an armor's course. Is that a big deal? No, it's just a little cool thing. But It was, yeah, and, that you could only get if you went to that class or something. Yeah. The 21-foot rule. He's an, he's an Glock armor instructor here in Arizona. So there's got to be a million cool individuals out there that are Glock Armor instructors, the people that teach the eight-hour course. So here's a Glock Armor's course. You sign up for it, you go to it, and 80%, 90% of the class is cops and law enforcement, every once in a while a firefighter, and then a couple of regular people, maybe gun shop owners and stuff. So now who are you friends with when you went to lunch? Who are you friends with because you went there for like two days or whatever? Who are you friends yeah. with? The cops and all these people. They know you're cool. Everybody's cool. Your Glock armors. You can lord that over everybody. 
and you can't <laughs> and not break the warranty. <laughs> break open your, well, when I was certified, I could break open your Glock and not break the warranty. There's something to that. And like you say, a Glock or I mean a SIG one, totally valid because I don't know nothing about SIGs. I know that that little chassis thingy has got to be totally different, right? So there's got to oh, be yeah. stuff they're getting. And plus, they're a service gun now. So come on. Yeah. So yeah, I think I would have said back in the day for sure. But what are they? Three hundred bucks. The problem is most cops get them for free, so they don't. They charge whatever. I went through a gun shop. They paid for it. So for me, yeah, go. But if you're gonna pay like really money for that, then I don't know. Because you can learn everything. You get the Glock manual and learn it. But I don't know. What are you gonna learn? The thing, the thing that the only thing that I have a problem with the whole Glock armor thing is it expires. A Sig armor does not expire. You can get a Sig armor, of course, and 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 with the armor course, you get a whole toolbox because you need it for a Sig. They have their own proprietary tools. And the funny thing with a SIG is, the funny thing with a SIG is, like the P the the P320. There's now four revisions to that gun. Yep. Yep. And yet, you your your armor certificate is still valid. Yep. I mean, it's they didn't change it much, but they did change it. But yet, you know, Glock. There are very few things that change on the Glock. I mean, yeah, yeah. and and yeah. if if you've learned on one model, you can figure no, out the others. You can figure yeah. out the rest. Yeah. Out. The yeah. spring yeah. might change a little bit. The 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 trigger uh, might, change, but it's it's all pretty much the same. Hold on, I got my yeah. Glock armors in the '90s, so or no, in the 2000s. So before single stacks, there was like one 45 single stack. Maybe things change in Glocks. People don't like to think about it, but things change in Glocks. The yeah, but taking apart a Glock is just taking apart a Glock, though. You're right. You're right. But I'm just saying there are more parts and there's different things. But once you know, like how to not take once apart you, the, the, yeah. the mag retainer to ruin it, right. you know how yeah. to take it apart in all the Glocks. You're right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, let's go to Clover real quick. And with Clover, with, with Clover and G, it's going to be, I don't have to word this differently. So assuming that you didn't grow up with the firearms that you guys grew up from the time you were born and you were going to be 18 and you were going to buy that firearm knowing what you know now with an 18 year old would you have bought something besides uh mossberg 500 410 you think um i, I don't think so i mean I, I probably would have went with a different gauge to be honest okay. okay okay but like one of the reasons i didn't go with a different gauge is i did not have access to 510 i did in 12 and 20. um sure. so that's one of the reasons i made that decision so had that not been the case i mean when you're talking about the target and the sporting clays aspect of things um and also when you're talking about um you know when you're talking about dove when you're talking about quail you know a 20 mm -hmm. or, a, or a 12 would have been uh a little less difficulty curve let's say at sure. a 410 as well so but yeah. that's yeah i don't i don't think i would have deviated but from you, that would, you definitely would have stayed with a shotgun is what I you're saying so. i think so yeah yeah and i don't think yeah. i would have went you know part of me wants to say yeah i would have went over and under right that's great for hunting and in bird anyway and that's great for the sporting aspect of things but then you know the whole squirrel hunting deer hunting could you do that with an over under yeah i mean you could but um, I just don't think, and then you got the price of over under as well, which is oh, yeah. more than a pump. So, you Absolutely. know, I, I, I come back to that, <laughs> I come back to that Mossberg 500, man. 
Well, also, the, you got different circumstances. I grew up in the city. I, I've never been hunting. Yeah, neither have I. I grew up in you know, Dallas. I, mean, that, that, to this day, I have nothing against hunting. I just don't have any desire to do it. I, I was in the woods. It. I was in the woods squirrel hunting, you know, before double digit age by myself. So the um, only rabbit that I saw was a VW rabbit. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> the only one I saw was on Looney Tunes. More squirrels, <laughs> more squirrels here than rabbit, and especially nowadays, man. There, even the squirrels are pitiful nowadays. But yeah, yeah, squirrels are getting bad, but yeah. So you definitely want to stay with a shotgun, okay? G, I want to ask you kind of the same question, knowing what you know now, and knowing that it was an eight seventy, you knew you're going to buy your first firearm the day you turned eighteen, and blah 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 blah. If if money was a thing, would you have prepared maybe six months prior and start saving more money to get a different firearm, or would you still go with the eight seventy? You think? Oh, you might have lost. Sorry, I've been uh, my mute there. So I would say it's a tough one because back in the day, I have to say yeah, because at the, there was no. I couldn't have driven around with a pistol or nothing. And I started immediately driving around with that thing. So it yep. was uh, the gun that nobody would have been scared of, right? An 870 Express is a wooden long shotgun made for like kind of everything hunting for rabbit or birds or turkey. Like it can do everything, but it can't do anything really great. And it's, sure. uh, it's a little bit smooth. And I never, there was no Mossbergs back then. So, and I had already, uh, on a course an online course to be an armor for remington so i was like well i might as well just buy one of these right um and i grew up with them so it was just like my one that now i owned that i could take with me and do stuff so it was the only thing i could draft travel with so i think i'd say yes because the only other thing i could have done is maybe like a rifle and i think i still would have had some issues depending on some localities because a rifle can be like a poaching thing where like yeah i've got a shotgun with some buckshot in it i'm not looking for birds or it's like hey i got a a shotgun with some bird shot in it. I'm not hunting for elks. Yeah. Uh, Marcus says his first gun was an Ithaca 37 12 gauge. Love that gun. Use it to slam fire. Phenomenal uh, shotgun. Jacob, huh? Phenomenal shotgun. Yes. I, I, I'm not a shotgun. I, I trust yeah. your word on that. I yeah, that is, a, that is an OG. That is an OG pump shotgun. Yeah. Okay, cool. Jacob says, I think Clover will yell at me. He'll yell at you for sure. Uh, when he learns how much time he's spent hunting since I've taken four deer, I have maybe only spent two whole weeks hunting in my life. So I've right. never hunted. I, I've, I have had opportunities to deer and duck and dove and quail and all of that. And I tell him, look, I'll go with you to camp, to the club. I'll cook you breakfast. I'll cook the steaks. I'll play the cards. I'll drink the whiskey with you. When your alarm goes off at four o'clock in the morning to go up and go hunt, <laughs> leave my ass in bed. My days of getting up at four thirty are over. And I've, I've had your breakfast. It's go. pretty good. It's pretty good. What's that? I've had your breakfast. It's pretty good. Just saying. Um, but I will also say that I have no desire to go stand in cold ass water at four thirty in the morning to wait for a fucking duck to fly by. I'm just no, that's not me. I'm sorry. Me and you will have fun at a duck camp. It's just not yeah, gonna be I home. would never get up at four o'clock <laughs> just to go see if something walks past me. No. So, <laughs> so I'm not gonna yell at Jacob. My retort to that would be um I'm not surprised because deer are stupid. Um I see people that spend thousands of dollars a year on lease. 
thousands and thousands of dollars a year on equipment and, and oats and they plant this and they put this certain corn out and this the salt licks and this all this and mm. I can literally go out on my property, take my Mossberg right now. Take my Mossberg 410 pump shotgun, sit down on the ground next to a tree at some point where I know they cross and just wait and pop one when they walking through. I mean, it's not, it's not difficult. I could literally walk out my door right here onto my back deck and I'll have six of them at any given time in my backyard right here, right 20 yards from me. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I like the, I think they're, they're really cool animals. They're, they're pretty, uh, I, but I have no problem. I'm not one of those guys. Don't shoot the deer. I don't care less. Shoot whatever you want. Just don't ask me to go with you. I'm good. No desire. I don't, I don't want to hunt animals. I just, I want to sleep. I want to not get up at four thirty in the morning to go sit in a tree or now, in a freaking cold ass water. So what about time. what about you don't got to worry about getting up early in the morning. You don't got to worry okay. about cold water. What okay. about nighttime night vision suppressed shooting pigs Hog? in the face? I'm all for that. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I'll do that. Hundred percent. You get yeah. you do that, or you even get me in the helicopter and go the hog hunting. I'm all for that. I'm, that that would be fun. I yeah. think night hunting would be fun as hell. That's uh, not absolutely. hunting, but but you know that's shooting pigs in the face. But yeah, yeah. I got no problem. I, I think that would be fun as hell. Um, yeah, I'm in. Let's do that. <laughs> I'm just, and you know what? I would go deer hunting if, if it started at two o'clock in the afternoon with uh, you can seventy degree afternoon. weather. I've taken deer in the afternoon before before sun goes down. You you just better you be sure that you, you, you better be sure you put them down so you're not trying to track them after dark. That's the only issue that you get with that because that can be a pain. So the, the problem that I have is at deer camp at two o'clock in the afternoon, you're probably already on your third burger and sixth beer. So just saying, you know. Well, uh, I've got the luxury of not least, really having deer camp. I just go out in the woods and hunt. Well, so. all the guys around here that hunt, they 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 have this big elaborate yeah. deer camp, and it's more of the the fellowship, the brotherhood, the hanging out away from the it wives is. for the yeah. weekend than actually getting the deer. It's if they're they're ecstatic if they get the deer, but I promise you they still have fun without the deer. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. A matter of fact, at Arkansas, the opening day of duck season and the opening day of deer season are school holidays. Why? Because they know the kids aren't coming anyway, so they just made them holidays. <laughs> Swear to God, I was like, "Wow, this is crazy." You move. I'm, I'm from Dallas, so I, I you don't hunt in Dallas, you know. And you, you move to this place, and you're like, they literally have those days as school holidays because they just know that only about ten percent of the kids are going to come to school. I'm like, that's that's freaking awesome. Okay, go for it. Um, where was I? Um, oh, I guess for me, it's an interesting thing about me. Once again, I came back from boot camp, wanted a rifle because I was hooked. Bought a uh, Winchester 3030 for like a hundred some odd bucks. Remember, this is in like early 1994. Had I know what I know now back then, and if they were at the Walmart, I probably would have gone to a gun shop. Um, I This is truly the case. The first rifle I ever shot was an M16A2. Had I known that there were AR-15s out there, I would have found one. 
knowing if I know what I know now, knowing that a few months later, the assault weapons ban was going to happen. Yeah. Wow. It would have been interesting um, because I was probably about four or five months getting out of boot camp from when the assault weapons ban took place in 94. Um, so that could have been interesting, but I didn't even know that ARs existed. I, I, I didn't I didn't know that they were a thing. You know, I just knew the M16A2 um, went to Walmart because why not? You go for Walmart and you have what is either going to be a shotgun or a lever or a bolt action. And I didn't want a shotgun and I had enough money for the Winchester 3030, but had I, I probably could have had enough money for an AR. I don't know what they were, you know, selling for those days, but just knowing what I know now, I would have liked to have thought I would have gotten an AR knowing it was right before the assault weapons ban went into place. So that could have been interesting. I'll tell you, Ghost, my father and I were looking for ARs right uh, for six months before the assault weapon ban and they were damn near impossible to find. The second well, that, that makes, he you, signed, that makes you feel better. So yeah, the the second that they that they get signed, we got calls from five gun shops instantly. They had ARs, so they're all sitting in the back room waiting for the the uh, the gun ban to get mm-hmm. signed. And then yeah. now we bought two uh, Colt Sporters, and it was like Ooh. two grand a piece. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I definitely. Wouldn't I know. There's a very, very high-end um, gun shop around here. And by high, I, don't, I bought a few things there, not much. And I don't go there much because their attitude is, is not great. Um, but they cater to a lot of super high-end clientele. I'm talking about they sell fifteen dollars and $18,000 rifles to go on African safari. And then these doctors and lawyers will come back in and they'll trade them in or sell them back to them at 50% what they gave or whatever the case may be. Um, but they started that gun shop by buying literal crates of things mm-hmm. affected by the assault weapon ban prior to the assault mm-hmm. weapon ban. They all got together, pulled their money, tens of thousands ARs, of dollars, AKs and all that stuff. And literally bought them by the dozens and the crates and the and the pallet load. And as soon as it hit, Pretty ended smart. up dumping them. And they made I mean they're they're there's no doubt they they they're millionaires off of it with between the gun shop that move and then the subsequent gun shop and everything else. But yeah, it was crazy. You know, so you brought up something that that is something that I would love to do one day is to go on. I think that'd be awesome to see some of these beautiful animals. I wouldn't go to hunt. Honestly, I just want to go and see the tigers and all that in their native. Like, I mean, I, 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 I think that'd be awesome to go to an African safari. I think it would just be awesome to go to that. Now, if I got a chance to get something fantastic, but just to go, I think would be the experience in itself. That'd be cool. Well, most of the hunts that you go on, first of all, the, the hunts are, I would love to go on one. Um, and if anybody's worried about ethics, I mean, the, the hunts that are on the up and up are animals. Yeah. Yeah. Cold. Yeah. It's a man. Absolutely. They, and they auction off those hunts or they do whatever. And they're going to use everything of that yeah, animal. Raise money yeah. for the preserve and you don't get to take the animal home or anything exactly. like that. Yeah. Um, but, um, it would be, it, it would be, that would be fun. But the only way I would ever have a shot at something like that would be to win some kind of crazy odds raffle or something. Oh yeah. No, no, that's, that's, that's something that like, like uh, that's, that's like, 
that's different level wealthy to go on an African safari. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, that, that's not rich. That's not rich. That's wealthy money, you know. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's six figures easily, easily yeah. into the six figures. And that's, that's, that's that shop. Is that you're saying the shop went hunting or something? Is that how it got to hunting? They yeah, I was talking about I was talking about the clientele they catered to. They cleaned yeah, they catered to the, the doctors, and doctors and lawyers and you know. I was going to go back to that concept though. Back in the assault weapons ban '94, again this was pre people carrying guns. There it was the yeah. Nix was brand new, or wait, yeah, Nix was still happening ish, and then uh, anyway, so it was a different era, right? And I can remember people buying stuff because there was about to be a ban on assault weapons nationwide. And if you think that there was the hype and everything is new, there was no uh, Y2K. That was the first of the nationwide attacks on our rights to own property mm -hmm. that was successful at a national level, right? There was the 68 Gun Control Act, which adjusted gun shops and it adjusted what you could buy across state lines, but it didn't affect what you could buy across state lines, right? You could just have, you know, whatever. And that happened a generation before. So in 94, right, those 68, this is 94, a generation later, um, there was people I remember putting their money together because they thought that was the last time we were going to see AR-15s and they didn't want to see them be extinct. They wanted them to exist. So hindsight, oh, they bought all these things and made a ton of money. Well, all right, but hindsight, uh, you've got to put yourself in their shoes. They're investing a it ton of money. It, yeah. said, Guess what? These are illegal now. No grandfather clause. Throw it away. So they were risking money. They were capitalists yeah. at the capitalist end, right? Now, I'm going to say all that and then also say, and this is difficult to find anymore, and I tried to do research on this, and one of the things I like to do is research, right? Go back and look for 19, uh, the, the 94 assault weapons ban and who owned the major importers. What you're talking about, people buying a bunch of AKs, people buying a bunch of stuff. You think politicians who knew that that was about to be illegal had oh, nothing yeah. to do with the companies that imported that stuff, and they were pissed at each other? I've seen some stuff that eluded, and this is before Reddit and stuff. This is old message boards back when I was still doing some research stuff for YouTube and show and tell and doing research like 2015 era. So back then when I was researching, I was finding illusion, like people alluding to politician A, who we all know at the national level and is may or may not have been even higher things than the representatives they were then, uh, owned company one and then company two and then the they another group of politicians sent uh atf after them because of this and this and that so that they couldn't profit off of it so there's it would be nice to think that a bunch of politicians really care about our civil rights but in yeah. reality i think there might have been some other stuff happening there and then gun companies get involved and in like what can be imported versus what we can sell so there's some anyway i just wanted to kind of throw that element in there we can look at it Absolutely. with hindsight like all these people knew that they were going to make millions but they could have lost all that money and I say good for them if they did make a bunch of money because they did that by keeping guns, keeping Colt, making money, right? On the other hand, they might be unscrupulous, in which case let's not give anybody a pass either, <laughs> right? Because we don't know. True. Yeah, they could have not grandfathered anything and just made them disappear. Uh, so, yeah. Um, all right. I Two hours and 17 minutes. It's been an awesome conversation. Um I'm going to take one more question out there because it should be a quick one. And then we're going to kind of start sweeping the floor. Um, Marcus says, if you went to an African safari hunt, which rifle would you bring? 
I'm going to sit here and say, I have no idea because I don't know. Like when we want African safaris, I don't even have a clue what most people shoot. So I don't have a clue. Whatever they probably tell me would be a good thing to have. Or I'm hoping that they have one there for me to say, Hey, use this. I don't have a clue. Rogue. I mean, no clue. What do you think? <laughs> I have no, no idea. No clue. Diesel, do you have any idea what they shoot? I don't those know, things? but I'm taking a Barrett BMG. Yeah, Barrett. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think thinking Barrett. <laughs> seriously, if you can afford to go on an African safari, you can afford a McMillan 50 BMG. Just saying. They would carry, there's a place in that in imports the AUG. It's a Merkel. It imports the AUG and the some other gun. We went in there and looked at them. And it makes sense. They they take big double guns, so two barrel guns. Because having something that you can just pull the trigger twice on with no nothing having to take place is very fast, and it's also very light. So yeah. they got to take a follow up shot. But I think they also depend on having a bunch of guides with rifles, also, right? So sure, more yeah. than one person. Because yeah, though you don't stop some of these giant mammals, right? You just hope that you. Yeah, you got an elephant that's charging, or a you're lion. not good doing it with an you're elephant. Yeah, to, your guides are gonna have to. Cut a rhino, rhino's gonna fuck your ass up if you try to shoot it. You okay, know, buffalo. It doesn't have to be anything even you would consider scary. Who considers a cape buffalo scary, right? But yeah, it's like yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Same. I just pull, I would just pull the crocodile Dundee thing, you know, with my hand and make him go to sleep. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I would probably go with, I mean, I, I love 50 BNG, but if I had a choice of not knowing, I'd take a 338 Lapua because that's, I love the 338 Lapua. But, I think you were. Yeah, I mean, how can you really go wrong with any of those? What's that? Well, I think you're restricted by some of the calibers and stuff you can have in certain countries. I'm sure you are. Yeah. The problem. Then I don't think you're going to be able to do a 338 Lapua or a 50 BMG. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, to G's uh, point, what, what would you what would you take though, Clove? If you had it, well, had a I've got a, I've got a few I've got a few options that I would consider. Uh, first of all, you're talking many many thousands of dollars and a custom rifle. Most of the time, once, the question once again, if, there, if, we're, if we're able to go on an African right, safari, problem handle whatever yeah. the hell you're so, going to do. Yeah, sure. so he said Thank rifle. You, G23, well, it's going to be the question was rifle, and I want to get to calibers more than anything. That's the most important thing. Okay, yeah, absolutely. When we're sure, talking yeah. rifle, G's right. I mean. You see a lot of double barrel, um, and you yep. see a lot of bolt action. And the reason you see that is they can handle the larger calibers that you're going to need. At a very yep. minimum, I would say 375 H and H. At at a very minimum, um, yep. probably more something more like a 416 Rigby or maybe a 458 Winchester Magnum. Interesting. Okay. G, what about you? If you if you had, you know. Once again, I'm clueless here. I have no idea what you're allowed to bring in, what you, what they usually. I have no idea. I have no idea either. I don't got a problem hunting them, but I'm not a yeah. big fan. I'd go on a photo safari if I had a choice. That's um, the way I would do it. Yes, but yeah. if I had to, if I got, you know, because there's there's depredation and just something like I'm awesome, so they'd be like, hey, come on, kill something if you want. So I'm gonna take a 308. Hell, it's Africa, right? Or a G4, but probably a, a foul. What am I saying? G3, a foul. Or uh, R four, so either the the Israeli what yeah. is it an Israeli Galil that's converted to something to make it an R four was used in South Africa someplace, and then you know the foul free arm of the free of the free world, right? 
or the right arm of the free world. Yeah, it is. Yep. Uh, Jacob says really carry around Africa. It'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be cool as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Great question, by the way. And um, yeah, uh, awesome discussion tonight. We went down a lot of freaking rabbit holes tonight, but I think they're all good rabbit holes. They're fun. Um, I hope it maybe helps some shed some light to some maybe some newcomers to the uh, the community and all of that. Once again, if you have any questions out there, uh, whether you're live or listening to this in podcast or watch this replay, reach out, leave a comment. Uh, we'll get questions answered. If you have a question for Diesel or Rogue or G or Clover, I'll make sure they get that and, and then they can answer it and all that. Um, I want to take a few minutes. Uh, Rogue, we're going to start with you. You've got the floor for tell people about your channel, where they can find you, maybe what projects you've got going on. Because go ahead and take a few minutes. Yeah, uh, my channel's the Rogue Banshee. You can reach me on just about any social media site at you know at the Rogue Banshee. Uh, I occasionally make videos about guns, um, <laughs> or or gun gun accessories or gun or wheeler <laughs> or wheeler. <laughs> You've been on a uh, wheel like trip lately, so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's. I think it, it, it's going to start slowing down a little bit. Yeah. It's, a, it's a little bit too much of one one manufacturer, but yeah, no, I got some content uh, coming out. Um, I got some holsters uh, holster content coming out. You got a podcast um, and all that too. I got a pod. I got a podcast now. Um, that's every week. That's uh, that's a change that happened over the past couple months. That we have a weekly podcast where I get guests on and we talk about guns but Absolutely. um that that podcast is uh called for the love of guns i love it uh yeah i'll, I'll have uh all the links for everyone here in the description here in a little bit um so absolutely um Whatever happened to FPS Russia, you probably don't want to know the answer to that. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, go uh, check out Rogue. Um, G-Webs, what kind of uh, projects you, I mean, guys, if y'all are 2A aware at all and you're not listening to what G is saying, or if you stop want to what be. you're doing, or if you want to be 2A woke, Stop what you're doing because he's about to ruin exactly everything that you need to know about two ways. So, G, uh, take as much time. I know you got a bunch of projects going on. Uh, tell people what you're going, what you got doing right now. I normally don't bother, but uh, yeah, every week at midnight, and then on Saturdays we do the ask one questions. I do a weekly wrap up, and we try to do you know, a lot of videos throughout there. I've been doing it for a while, so. Do it full time. It's not too hard to do a lot of content. Uh, we try to focus on the perspective from people who've been around the game for a while. So not so much the reviews and the show and tell, as much as the trying to show what the community is, how big it is, how it's developing. Right. I'm attempting to uh, look back and look forward in a way that lets us all understand what our resources are ideally so we all can become better and more effective at our communication with each other and with the people that hate our property or our rights and have better effective communication so that we all know that, for example, two out of every three deaths with a firearm is suicide. We all know that. And if we want to truly prevent that, we can look at the root causes of suicide and do things to prevent that. And we can work together with anybody on that. It has nothing to do with our property. And there's ways that we can have effective communication with that to get people to work. And we've seen that 
be effective. And uh, Rogue was just on with Hold My Guns, right? Another, like uh, you know, one of the things I'm talking about. So we've got all this stuff out there. I'm trying to put a focus on all of that. So I try to do that in different ways so that I can reach different people. I definitely do quantity over quality. So I don't put a lot of time or effort into the production as much as just trying different things and having fun with the internet, having fun with the community and attempting to let everyone have as much resource as possible so that those that come next can jump off our shoulders and grab for something more. And we're not reinventing the wheel and wasting a lot of time duplicating effort. We've got a lot of people in the game. Once we're all strong, we, we prevent those who are against us, either by education or awareness, to just leave us alone. And then we conquer the things that are actually the issues. And then we've led the way. We've showed people how to work together. Guns got people to work together. You know, guns uh, were the motivation. Guns were the foundational civil right that we have as individuals. And that individual part of it, you know, accomplishes. We've seen that all over. So. I'm a big advocate of keeping us aware of that and making as much possible facilitating that going forward. So thanks for the time and conversations like this. This doesn't really work for me because I do the the auction thing on Tuesdays, but yeah, it took no. the time off to jump into this one. So I appreciate you very much. And, and real quick before uh, G goes, I know he might have to go for the auction or whatever, but uh, real quick, G23, $5 super chat. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, two things, three things about this. One, uh, we don't ask for, nor do we encourage them, but all Super Chats go to sending um, care packages to our troops downrange. So thank you for that, G23. I appreciate you. He also knows that with a Super Chat, I will Ron Burgundy it. I will read whatever you put on the Super Chat. That said, now he, he knows that, and he, so he's going to make me say that 40 Smith & Wesson is better than 9mm for the men and women downrange. Remember what is next weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about that here in a second, but he's going to make me say that 40 Smith and Wesson is better than nine millimeter. For those of you listening, I read that because it was a super chat. No way in hell is it true. Let's just get that out right now. Okay. Um, yeah, I do want to uh, first say something about G webs. For those of you that might be new to the channel and all that um, G webs literally is the OG of gun people on YouTube. One of the very first ones out there. A lot of people, whether they know it or not, a lot of us do, and, and he's a good. He's been doing this literally since the beginning. Um, a lot of us stand on his shoulders. He has been a mentor, a friend. Um, he has been someone that a lot of us have counted on, and a lot of us have relied on for knowledge and help and all that. Uh, so uh, G doesn't come on very often anymore. He's he's busy on Tuesday nights. I just want to tell you, G, I, I do treasure our friendship, and I wouldn't be here five years into this YouTube thing if it wasn't for you. So thank you for all that you're doing. Please go check out gun websites. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, history of guns on YouTube. If he's if he is the, how would you put that, the curator of gun history on YouTube, that's probably G. So thank you for all that you do, G. I appreciate you very much. Right on. Thanks. Let, like, yeah, let 2A uh, be that yeah. big thing that eats planets, and I'll be Silver Surfer to 2A. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Um, Clove, I, I, I know that you don't do what? anything on YouTube. So well, if you I'm, were to do something on YouTube, maybe what would that be? Well, I'm sitting around. I'm waiting any day now. I think 
Daddy Bloomberg supposed to send me a big fat check to go anti-gun. So I'm waiting oh, on that. Okay, cool. But in the meantime, yeah. You said you can be bought. Hey, at in least you're meantime, honest. At yeah, least in the honest. meantime, I got a shield for gun companies, unfortunately. I okay. What, right. what, what does a boy right. do, right? Um, right? No, I actually dropped a video that is interesting in the way that it was done. I don't know that any other gun tuber has ever done a video the way that Ghost and I uh did one that dropped earlier on the channel today and uh, it was a lot of fun doing that so thanks for collabing with me on that and and uh, it was definitely interesting kind of caught me by surprise if you will um but i think it turned out awesome yeah yeah hopefully we can we can do a little more of that uh, hopefully in the, in the future moving forward um and mm-hmm. also i recorded a podcast today and I've been doing them live, but this particular individual wasn't very comfortable doing it live. So I'm like, okay, not a problem. Uh, but uh, Dave over on the channel, uh, Blue Collar Logic, Blue Collar Logic is his channel. Uh, okay. And it's kind of a political, social, flavor of the day type channel. Okay. Um, he's a, you know, recovering, whatever you want to call it, Democrat. Uh, lives in California. <laughs> Somebody that the crab. I've never whatever. heard of him call that before. Well, I don't know what you call it with people that <laughs> that got woke from being Democrat or what. I don't whatever sure, you say yeah, that, right? Sure. Uh, and so, what I'm saying is, my podcasts are generally about the firearm industry and community. This guy is a part of neither, but um, you know, he's part of that. I think that middle eighty percent we're always talking about of people that. Yeah. You know, isn't necessarily isn't pro gun, but isn't necessarily anti gun, but really isn't educated about guns. And I'm like, you know, he did a live chat and and it kind of went from there into I was able to get him to agree to do a podcast and just have a conversation. And um, normally I try to go about an hour and this one is nearly two. But I'm going to tell you, I think it was a pretty good conversation. Awesome. and you know, we ended up not hating each other. Were there uh, were there things left on the table we did not talk about? Yeah, I'm sure there was. Um, did I change his mind? Did he change mine? Probably not. Did we give each other things to think about? Yes, we did. And I and I hope that the bigger picture is the people that listen to that podcast, whoever it might be, whether it's, whether it's his followers or my my followers or whatever. It, yeah. You always got that opportunity. That's one of the things about doing this content and putting it out there is you don't have to change the person's mind you're talking to. You could change somebody's mind that's listening to that conversation, right? Yep. And so, but in order to do that, the conversation has to happen. And today it happened. Uh, before yeah. the end of the week, I'll get that. I'll get that uploaded. I think it is already in the po- audio podcast world right now. Awesome. But I'll get the uh, video version and, and everything up for the end of the week. And then we got NRA coming up uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the NRA show in Houston. Absolutely. Looking forward to uh, hanging out with some with some friends in the industry, hanging out with uh, friends from the community and uh, checking out some of the cool guns, talking to, of course, the companies. And so if anybody wants to see anything, uh, IG picks and probably uh, – YouTube community tab picks are going to be the vast majority of the content I do. Maybe but some shorts want, or something. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Yeah. But if you see anything um, uh, or, or know of anything you want checked out or pictures taken or whatever, uh, be sure to let me know and, and I'll try to get that. Well, I'm going to miss it because freaking brilliant NRA yeah. puts on Memorial Day weekend, which is one of the busiest weekends I have of the year at work. Well, um, we all know why they did that, or at least one of them. I understand. 
Uh, I'm st- I can still be pissed off about it. Oh, but yeah. I, I, I would love to see pictures, but I know that they're not going to happen. Just do me a favor and say hi to Chase and everybody at EAA <laughs> that you know we're going to go to dinner with, and you still are, but uh, those are my homies. Uh, tell them I'm sorry I missed it. I would love to see pictures or video, but that might not be a good thing. Um, By yeah. the way, you know, I've got that booth appearance in EAA Saturday at two o'clock. Yeah, I was going to bring up your glamour shots, by the way. So for fan. those, so for those, and here's the thing: I pick up stickers tomorrow that will be oh, available God. in that booth, and nowhere are they, are else. Are they glamour shot stickers? Well, no, they're not glamour shots. Okay, stickers, good. But they're pretty. Little cool. Clover put glamour shots for this booth. I mean, uh, the dude, do you sign? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Do you sign people's guns or is it like you engrave on their guns or like you sign them and they get a tattoo? I would be happy to sign anything anybody brings by. But honestly, um, what I was going to say is if you're around, if you are going to the show, if you're around at two o'clock on Saturday, come into the EAA booth. Ghost will vouch. The EAA guys are awesome to hang out with. You're going to have fun. Who cares if you get to meet me or I'm nobody, but um, we can hang out. We can have fun uh, and you can pick up a cool sticker that will be available nowhere else if i take any home from nra i will destroy them uh there will be no that will be the only place you're going to get those stickers absolutely um it's going to be hard to beat the best sticker known to man my opinion is tony simon's lovatron from a couple years ago probably the greatest sticker in the history of stickers no doubt um but uh i'm glad that you're trying to keep up with tony um the Levitron's going to go down as the greatest sticker ever. Just saying. And T-shirt. Uh, and T-shirt, and yes. it's a patch now, too, by the way. Yes. So, so yes. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic. Anyway, so, yeah, as far as us, we've got some stuff coming down the line. Uh, we've got several guns to send through the Crucible, uh, including the uh, Lionheart Regulus, which is which will be our first hammer-fired we put through the Crucible, which – little nervous with a little excited for we'll see how that goes uh we'll see we'll see uh got a bunch of stuff coming in the line um got some great podcast hosts lined up for june so be looking out for that and i know you guys are gonna say oh god here it comes again i'm not trying to be a, a, a debbie downer or anything like that i know this weekend is memorial day and i do this every year so just give me a few minutes I absolutely would love for y'all to have fun with your family, with your friends. Be happy to be an American. Remember why we're celebrating Memorial Day. I'm not asking you to be solemn or sad. What I am asking you to do is when you have a beer or a soda or whatever, just give a quick nod and say thank you to everyone that, that gave the ultimate sacrifice for you to be able to have those cookouts and be on the water and the lake and all of that, have your cookouts and have your burgers and, and, and beer and all of that. Have fun with it. Just remember why you're able to do that and, and say thank you to everyone that ultimately gave up their lives to protect our, our way of life. So uh, happy Memorial Day to everybody. Uh, if you are going to NRAM, uh, I would suggest you – to go to the EAA booth at two o'clock on Saturday, not to see Clover, because really, who gives a shit? But the um, when you get there, yeah, Chase and Paul and those guys—that is where the party is at EAA. And knowing them, they might might even be in costume or have some kind of fun that they always seem to do in their booth. So 
Um, have fun. Go see Clover over there at 2 o'clock. More importantly, just go if you're going to go to NRAM. Enjoy your freedoms of being an American. Enjoy guns. Um, I suggest if you're an AR guy or a semi-auto pistol guy, spend some time and look at the new lever actions or the new shotguns or the new whatever, something that's out of your comfort zone, and you might be interested in getting one of those. So, yeah, and like I said, have fun this weekend. Uh, be safe this weekend. And uh, absolutely uh, happy Memorial Day. Thank you to everyone that gave the ultimate sacrifice to preserve our way of life, including the right to keep and bear arms. Thank you to everybody that's watched this two and a half hours into this. This is two and a half hours. You are, huh? Did you skip diesel? Oh, shit, I didn't. God damn. Diesel. Like was yeah, I introduced myself oh, at the beginning. I, I was I was the I was the best uh at the beginning. So don't yeah, don't but I'm gonna let you go ahead for people who are coming in now. Let's go go ahead and take a few minutes. We got all the time in the world, but uh, Real quick, take a few minutes TV. and tell people where they can find you, what you got going on project-wise. Um Diesel TV um on Instagram and YouTube. You can find me. Uh don't really have anything planned other than doing my, my gun videos right now. I'm trying to figure out a way to bring cameras back into my job, but my job is very boring. So I haven't been doing that it, lately. <laughs> so well, so, you you have a lot more responsibility now. So right, it's probably right, right. more desk and paperwork than it is patrol exactly, stuff. So exactly, yeah. exactly. But that's where you can find me. I appreciate you having me. Hey, I really do. You're welcome anytime. You're you're on the list. You're gonna get the weekly emails with the links. Jump on, don't jump on, but it was great having you. You're welcome. Open invitation anytime. So come on Appreciate in Thank um, and all that. Yeah, it was a great conversation. Once again, two hours and now 40 minutes are two hours and 40 minutes of your life. You will never, ever get back. So we thank you for wasting this time in your life with us. If you're watching and replay or listening in podcast form, holy hell, you've made it this long. Awesome. Thank you so much uh, for everyone out there. Like I said, um, I don't know what Carlos is talking about, but uh, um, about the last message. My last message was have fun. Enjoy your rights of being an American. And I say that in all my videos and everything else. I'm, I'm a true believer. Um, we as, as bad as you, you may have it in your life, and there's some people that have it bad in their lives right now, until you've been somewhere that's third-worldish, you've been somewhere that's an arm, armpit of the world, on your worst day, you will live like a king in some places. Always remember that. Uh, just because Wi-Fi is not very strong in your area is not a reason to go batshit crazy. Keep everything in perspective. We are the greatest in the country, in the world, for a reason. Let's keep protect that, protect our rights. Keep fighting. We'll see you guys soon. Simplify.